Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina, episode 153, All the President's Men. I am one of your hosts, Josh902, and this is the other host of the show. BT3, what's going on, everyone? Hello, Hello, guys. I hope you all had a nice weekend. I know that we did, because we got to play some tabletop, and we will talk about that when we get to what we've been up to the past week, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I hope you're all out there doing well. We've done 153 of these things, and we're gonna keep going to forever till till it's over, till there is no going forward anymore, which will probably be a long time in the future, uh, whenever that is. Uh, but yeah, I uh, hope you guys had a, had a lovely weekend. We had good weekends. We've we've been up to things in the past week, playing video games, watching movies, all the usual stuff. Indeed, and what do you? What do you say we go ahead and hop into a DT on the what we've been up to this past week? Let's do How about it, because we have we got a lot of news this week. Um, so yeah, we'll hop straight into that. So first thing for me is uh been watching of course movies. So first one I watched is The Whale. And man, that's a good movie, but man, it's it is rough to watch in parts. Uh so if you're going into that to watch it. Just be be in the mind's frame or the mindset of like this is gonna be an emotional movie and this is gonna be a little little, little bit tough to watch at times for certain things. Um, but it but yeah, it was really good. And now that I've seen it, I can say that a hundred percent Brendan Fraser definitely well deserved Oscar win because he killed it. He was great in the as as that character. Um I watched Cocaine Bear as well. That movie, <laughs> that's a fun one, man. If you're looking for like a fun movie, just a silly ass thing to watch, Cocaine Bear is is, is a good time. And the cast is cool too, man. I really I, I enjoyed the cast on that one. That that's a fun movie to watch. Um, I watched uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and let me tell you guys, that movie is dog shit. That movie is <laughs> trash. But here, but hey, I watched so you guys don't have to. You're welcome. True. Appreciate was, you. It was bad, man. That movie sucks, dude. I I had to watch it though because I was curious. But I, now that I have it, it is terrible. Um. Then I watched another good movie called Fruitvale Station, which is based off of real life about a man, uh, who was murdered in real life. On New Year's Day of 2009 in Oakland. Uh, and, you know, it's another one of those things where it's a black man that was killed by the police because, you know, they do that. Um, but, yeah, Oscar Grant, who uh, was the name of the man, and he, and he was uh, portrayed in this movie by Michael B. Jordan. And it's it's a really like it's a really it's a really good movie, man. I I, I enjoyed it, and it's uh, Ryan Coogler's first movie, uh, I believe, as well. Um. So yeah, if you guys ever got the chance to to you know to check it out, I definitely recommend it. That's a it's a good one. Um, then I watched the animated movie Secret of Kells. I was curious to check this one out because the studio, the animation studio that did it, called Cartoon Saloon. It's going to be doing an episode of Star Wars Vision Season 2. 
So I was like, well, let me. I've seen some of the other stuff they did, like Wolf Walkers, and I really enjoyed that. But I just wanted to see more of the stuff they did, like this one. And I thought it was all right. I uh, definitely enjoyed Wolf Walkers more, but I checked it out. Then I watched Batman Soul of the Dragon, which has Batman in the title, but he's more of. He isn't really the main character in that movie. He's more of a. I don't want to say a side character, but he's like. He isn't the main character in that. Uh, the main character is Richard Dragon, which is basically like a Bruce Lee, like DC's Bruce Lee character, basically. Mm. And and I would describe this movie as being Enter the Dragon meets uh, Batman Begins in animated form. I thought it was fun. I, I liked it. What it really made me want is to see Lady Shiva and, and other DC properties, maybe live action, that kind of stuff. I mean, I've, I'd always... She's always been a cool character, but like she was really cool in this. So I definitely I got you. would like to see her in, in, in other stuff. Um and then I watched uh Leon the Professional, which man, that movie has some cool things in it, but there's some there's a, a big old ickiness to those two characters and their relationship two main characters especially when you like when you when you like uh realize or find out that it's based off the director's real life and you're like Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like uh, it's a little it's a little it's a little gross a little icky a little little, little 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 not good you know so mm-hmm. but they had, it had some good stuff in it as well um like i really like gary oldman's performance in that i thought his character was was good um and i mean shit even natalie portman portman is like a 12 year old or however old she was in that was, was really good too but yeah i just the, the 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 two main characters interactions i i, I don't i'm not a big fan of but yeah so that's the movies i've been up to i've watched um in the past week um video games you know as always fortnite i played a little bit of apex because of the event that was going on but it's over now so you know i'm Probably not gonna play that for a while again. Um, out of the blue, out of nowhere, I decided to reinstall Jedi Fallen Order, just to kind of, I don't know, get a little bit more ready for uh, Jedi Survivor when that comes out next month. And then because they came out with like a, I don't know how long ago it was, but they came out with like a training kind of mode thing where you can like like a battle grid and you can drop you know enemies in and kind of fight them and then they have like challenges you could do and stuff so i wanted to try that out as well and i did and it was pretty fun um i completely finished and beat yakuza zero on stream so that's another game down that i had been wanting to play i've entered my i've entered the world of of the yakuza games or like a dragon as they're called now and Really fun. I'm looking forward to playing the rest eventually. How long? Uh, how long did that take? How many streams did it take you to beat that? Just out of curiosity, if you know. Top how you many had. streams? I don't know, but like, it took me a total of like thirty-three hours, I think, to play the game. Good chunk. Yeah, and and like, there's more to it. You, I could have kept going as well, uh, hmm. because there's a bunch side of like, content. There's like stuff. yeah, mini game. There's like side games. Like they have this whole cabaret thing that, that you can manage, which Ooh. is insane. 
with one of the characters. So you could go on and then the other character has like property management. It's like there there is a lot to that game if you want to spend more time in it. But uh yeah, I just wanted to get through the story and all that stuff and, and I really enjoyed it. And I mean I did partake in some of that too, you know. Mm-hmm. There's like you go karaoke or, or or dance you know, dancing with the characters and stuff. And so there's a bunch of side things and then there's and then like side missions too that you could do, which I did a good number of them. Um, but I don't th- I don't know if I did all of them, but uh yeah, there's there's a lot of side stuff to do if you want to keep going with that game. But um but yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing the other games when I get a chance to. Uh I gotta get them first though, because uh yeah. But yeah, really enjoyable. Then uh I uh Watched the Mandalorian. This, this, I watched the Mandalorian season uh, three, episode four, the most recent one, and the Bad Batch, and both of those, especially Mandalorian, got me hyped. So I just did a Star Wars stream one day, and I just streamed Fallen Order, and then the original Battlefront for a little bit. Um, been playing some more Sons of the Forest. I streamed it as well. I'll be streaming it again tomorrow, I believe. Playing with some friends, that'll be fun. And then I. Uh, it was the Diablo 4 beta, open beta this weekend. So I played a bunch of that. I think it's over now, right? But, it is. Uh, it ended just like 20 minutes ago. They tweeted out, sheathe your weapons, Nephilim. There you go. See you in June. So I got up to level 24. I didn't quite get to 25, but I got to 24. You got your and backpack. That's all that matters. Yep, I, I, got, I, got the, I got the thing that you needed to get, you know, if you if you cared about that, so. Yeah, I played that for for a bit. I had fun. I played Rogue, the only class I played. Um, but I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was it was a fun time. And then what else? Oh, and I played Chivalry Two last night. Fun game, man. I had I had played that the beta for that like forever ago, but I you know only just got it, and it's uh, that game's fun, man. Uh, apart from all the dickheads in the chat that say stupid shit. Just like even when if you're dying, I feel like that game is just a blast to play, man. Like I just, I, I really, what what a fun game, man. Like it's just charging the battle with your battle cry and swing your fucking sword and lob heads off and arms off, and it's it's so much fun, man. What 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 a, what a fun time that game is, man. So I'll probably be playing more of that this week. Cause this is, yeah. Um, I watched Ted Lasso second episode of season three. Super looking forward to watching the rest of that. Love that. And then I've been continuing my True true Detective watch. I'm on the third episode now, or I finished the third episode, so I'll be watching four next time. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. Uh, I've been really liking McConaughey's character. I think that, that character has been pretty uh, pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to definitely watch more of that. I've been kind of averaging an episode a week just because there's so much other stuff that I, you know, try to do, but I mean, I think I'm making pretty good progress. I'm watching it as if it was airing live, basically, so that's mm-hmm. fine by me. And then, of course, the most hypest, the, the 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 biggest hype that I was excited for this past week, and the, the, the thing that I had been waiting literal years for, <laughs> is we finally got to play our Star Wars tabletop RPG game Blasters and Bandits over in the Heroes and Forged, uh, or the Heroes and Fables, rather. I bet 
Heroes and Fables uh, Twitch channel. Uh, man, what a fun fucking first session, dude. I'm, I was telling Bigfoot last night because we were, we were talking. I was like, man, I could have kept playing, dude. Like it was, we played for like two hours and like what two hours and a half or something. But man, I could have kept Good playing, dude. That shit was so much fun, dude. I had a great time. I think everybody else did too. So yeah, I. I can't wait to play our next uh, session, which will be in like two weeks because next week we're going to be busy. But man, I I'm in, dude. I can't wait. I got I mean, I was I made the spreadsheet to keep track of stuff. And man, I'm I'm just so excited. I'm glad to be back into the Star Wars universe, be able to role play and, and hang out in it. And man, it's 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 going to be fun speculating like, you know, what's going to happen and what we're going to do and, and all the others, you know what characters we're going to run into and all that. So yeah, I was doing, doing some of that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just very glad and excited and happy that we're playing this again. Cause it's, it's fun, man. I like, I like playing like role-playing in general, like tabletop role-playing games, but if it's, but you know, we're playing at star Wars. So that, that adds the even more excitement for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just very excited to, to, to be in it again. And, and you guys can go watch, our first uh session our first episode if you're so curious it'll be on uh, josh's youtube channel which i believe is uh youtube.com slash josh 902 i'm sure he'll talk about it as well so i don't, I don't want to go on it too much but i'm just i'm just so glad we finally played our first game and it's it feels good like after talking about it for so long and then finally like just playing it and it's like man I can't believe we played our first game already. Like that is awesome. I, I have I have not like stopped thinking about it since we even played it, man. It's it's so much fun. I'm I'm, I'm I get giddy just talking about it because it's <laughs> I love it, man. It's, it's 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 the best. And I like I said, I can't wait to play our next game, man. Even though it's a little bit further away, uh, than it would normally. But yeah, I'm just I'm glad. That's pretty much been my week. Uh, so take it away, Josh. I got you. Uh, all right for me. Uh, in terms of movies, I saw one movie, other than the movie we watched this week, um, obviously, that blew me away. I went to the movie theater and saw John Wick Chapter 4, and I can't wait for DT to get to see it so we can talk about it, because I can't, I, I guess. So it's so good. It's so, I can't stress to you guys how much fun I had watching that movie. It's a long movie, but even though it's a long movie, I didn't realize how long it'd been. In fact, the only reason I checked my watch is because my bladder was like, listen, dude, you need to go potty. But I'm like, John Wick is killing motherfuckers. You've got to hold it. I can't just go <laughs> while John Wick is killing all these dudes. All right? So that's the only reason I checked the watch. Um, and God, it's so good. Go watch it in the theater if you can, guys, because there's some shit. It probably has some of the best action in a movie I've seen ever i like I, I don't know how anything could ever top it to be honest with you like some of the things they do is fucking nuts like early on in a movie a scene happens a sequence happens i'm like that might be the best thing i've ever seen and then you get toward the end of the movie and it became like it just blew that first thing i saw out of the water and that was already pretty goddamn good um so it was like jesus so if you get a chance to go see john wick chapter four i saw it for free because i had a free movie ticket um it's it, it it's worth even paying the money and i got it for free so matt you know how happy i am for that i was real yeah. happy um 
so good. I can't wait, man. I'm gonna try to go watch it in the theater because I really want to. I, I have not. I haven't seen any of the John Wicks in the theaters, so I definitely want to try to go to this one. You sh- you definitely should DT because there's something in here that happens that just I don't think if you saw it at at home it'll be cool, but seeing it on the big screen was really fucking cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I've heard like nothing but good things about it. And, and there's been articles being like, you know, fucking this and that. And I'm like, no, no, stay away. I want to I want to watch I was, it. I was scrolling down Twitter today and saw something and I was like, I cannot believe you guys tweeted that. That's pretty much a fucking spoiler. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's a I'm, news, I'm like, news site. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> actively avoiding stuff, but it's like popping up everywhere. Whenever I look for notes for the for, for this show, it's like fucking... The, they talk about the ending of the movie, and I'm like, oh, no, get out, of, get out of there, I don't, I, I, eject. Yeah. Let me exactly. out. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to know this. Not, not now. Later, yes, but not now. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so I, 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 I need to go watch it. I really want to. So I'm, I'm really gonna try good. at some time this week to go do it because I, I want to, man. I really want to. So yeah. Yeah, you definitely should. Uh, so those are the movies uh, All the President's Men and John Wick Go see John Wick um, I've also watched Ted Lasso Still enjoying that Episode 2, Season 3 Mando continues to be awesome as fuck Can't wait till we get to talk about that On the show uh, So c- caught up on that In terms of games I played the Diablo 4 Open beta this weekend I played the closed beta the weekend before that I tried a barb on the closed weekend This weekend I tried the Necromancer, and a little bit of Sorcerer, and a tiny smidge of Druid, but not very much. Uh, I think Necromancer, if I play Diablo 4, will be my class of choice, at least from what I played in the beta. It seems really fun, and I like the idea of having minions, and it really captures kind of like the flavor of how I personally think a Necromancer should be in a video game. So, uh, that was fun. It was also fun just to hang out with uh, everybody in chat that was also playing, like all of our, our friends, like Jake kind of dipping his toe into like uh, not Diablo for the first time but kind of like that I think this kind of style a little bit more than he usually does um so that was kind of cool everybody else was having a good time with it um WWE 2K23 I finished one of the My Rises which is My Rises like the story mode for um uh WWE's 2K games uh they have two of them this year called My the, the Lock uh, one and the legacy one I've done. I finished the lock story, uh, and I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I it was like a it's pretty it's pretty long little story mode. It has some some choices in there that you can make differently, and it was a very good time. Um, and then finally the last thing, but most definitely not the least, was we did launch Blasters and Bandits and the new channel Heroes and Fables. Go give it a follow. I shouted it out in the chat. Um, Uh, That channel is going to be all tabletop RPGs or just tabletop games, depending on what we want to play. Hell, we might play Clue over there if we feel like it and want to stream it, you know? Um, uh, I I wrestle, I thought about it for a long time. It's like, do I want to make a new channel for this or do I want to do it on the main channel? Well, my main channel is mostly like where I play video games and DT and I do this podcast. So I I did ultimately make the decision after talking with DT and some of the others about it. Like, let's get opinions here. Because, like, what do you think I should do? Uh, You know, because. They all have experience with different things, and I want to hear what they have to say, and I value my friends' advice. So, 
we did end up making Heroes and Fables. The site and all that is still... No, sorry, the, the Twitch channel and all that. Twitter is still kind of under construction. The logo's not ready yet. But I wasn't going to delay us playing a game waiting on that stuff. I wanted to fucking play. We've talked about this yeah. for so long. Um, so we, we finally launched it on Saturday with our first game. And I thought it went fairly well. There were some tech issues. It happens. Uh... But uh, we've made some adjustments here that hopefully it will be a little bit better the next time we play, which will be in two weeks, because uh, we all, some of us have plans this weekend. WrestleMania is also this weekend, uh, and I'll be watching that, so it's that's totally cool. Um, so I guess we'll be talking about that in the notes on the next time we do a podcast. Uh, Blasters and Bandits. We, we kicked off, and we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, we're back in Star Wars. The boys are playing some... Uh, underworld smugly typey characters and m- hanging around with some huts in that first episode so go check it out um uh we played two and a half hours i was kind of shooting for three but we ended up with two and a half because somebody rolled a crit and ended the combat <laughs> encounter a little bit earlier than intended but that's the way it goes that's just the way it is um uh, the main point of it is, is that we just had fun getting together and rolling dice, and everybody had their face cams on, and it was... I look forward to it again. I can't wait till we get to play again. I was sitting here thinking about it here. I was sitting here thinking, like, DT, maybe we could do, like, when we finish a major story arc, maybe we'll do a podcast on that. You know, maybe we'll talk about it in our world building or something. You know, who knows what we yeah. might do. Um, we might have guests that are players on the show if they want to, and we figure something else to t- out to talk about. Uh, who knows? It's a whole world of possibilities in terms of tabletop RPGs, and I'm having, I'm planning on having a hell of a good time with it. So, Blasters and Bandits, go follow us on Heroes and Fables. The whole VOD, the VOD on Heroes and Fables is a little messed up because of tech issues, but the VOD on the YouTube, because I recorded it, is totally fine. So go and give it a watch over there if you want to see it from the beginning. And that's about all I've been up to, DT. Uh... For, for myself, what do you say we go ahead and move on into the gaming news, my friend? I say we do, my friend. Let's go ahead and get into it, because like I said, we do have quite a bit of news to get All right. So, Let's do it. Let's do it. First piece of gaming news we got here is that Marvel Spider-Man 2, uh, the Venom voice actor hints a September release date. So... The voice actor for Venom in this game is Tony Todd, uh, who we heard in the trailer. But he uh, put out on Twitter uh, which in a tweet that has already been deleted that he was replying to a fan saying, looks like September, massive publicity coming in August, commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told, hold on to your... And hold breath. Gonna be necessary. And then, and then once like all this stuff started happening, he put another tweet saying, no more hints about Spider-Man 2. It was all a fever dream. Blame it on jet lag. Who knows? I might not even be Venom. <laughs> so we're so like, yo, Tony, you, you can't be talking about this stuff, bro. Like, come on. And, and then... <laughs> but hey, so that's kind of, we kind of have a, a date to, which makes sense. I mean, the first Spider-Man game came out in September, I believe, too. So it wouldn't make sense for this one to also come out then and for them to kind of start hyping it up, uh, you know. 
Seems kind of late though, doesn't it? Like a month before the game comes out, they start like marketing it basically. If that's gonna be the case, I feel like yeah, I'm kind of curious. Not not that this game needs hype because I mean everybody wants to fucking play it, but like, you know, maybe there'll be like um little things here and there leading up to that, and then August is just like here's the big one, the big push, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But who knows? I'm not a marketing guy. I would love... Hey, if you're a marketing person out there and you have knowledge, you want to come on the show and educate us, that'd be cool. That would be fun, actually. I'd be, I would be curious to learn about all that, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, that would be cool to have somebody on to talk about that type of stuff. Some more insight. Hmm. Anyway. But yeah, that that is really Long. funny that he, he tweeted that stuff out, though. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh, guys, no, no, that's that's fever dream. Just uh, forget it happened. Jet lag. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, ch- I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm chilling in the hot tub, bro. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, uh, that photo is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in other news, Counter Strike Two is real and it's coming out this summer. So Valve has revealed Counter Strike Two officially. Uh. An official release date was not revealed, but Valve says Counter-Strike 2 will be a free upgrade to anyone who owns uh, CSGO. Uh, plus, if you do own CSGO, you can jump into a limited test for Counter-Strike 2 starting to starting uh, when this dropped, when this was announced, rather. Uh, during the testing period, Valve says it will be evaluating a subset of features to shake out any issues before the worldwide release. Uh, the company also says Counter-Strike 2 is the largest technical leap forward in Counter-Strike's history, uh, ensuring new features and updates for years to come. Alongside today's re- uh, reveal, Valve also released three gameplay videos, which we can check out below. Um, how long are these? Let's see. They're just like a minute and a half each, just about. Okay, well, we can check them out then. Yeah, we can check these out. Let's watch it. All right. Three, two, one, go. In a Counter-Strike match, information can mean the difference between success or failure. As a result, smoke grenades have become a cornerstone of team tactics. With Counter-Strike 2's new game engine, we've evolved smokes and made them dynamic. Smoke grenades now create volumetric 3D objects that live in the world. Now, not only do all players see the same smoke regardless of position, but the smoke can interact with the environment in interesting ways. It reacts to lighting, grows to fill spaces naturally. The shape of the smoke cloud can be pushed and carved by bullets and grenades. In Counter-Strike 2, smoke grenades provide even more tactical opportunities. They're just going to look and play better. So there's one for the smokes. They're calling it responsive smokes. Um, what's the next one? We have moving beyond the tick. Wait, okay. 
Three, two, one, go. Counter-Strike is known for its visceral and satisfying gunplay. Now, firing a weapon looks pretty simple. You click your mouse, your character shoots, your target takes damage. But there's a lot more happening behind the scenes. In previous versions of Counter-Strike, the game only evaluated moving and shooting in discrete time intervals, or ticks. And time between those ticks didn't exist. For the most part, the experience was seamless. But sometimes those milliseconds between click and tick could be the difference between landing or missing your shot. That's why with Counter-Strike 2, we're introducing sub-tick updates. Now the tick rate no longer matters for moving and shooting, so the server will know the exact moment you fired your shot, jumped your jump, or peaked your peak. And the server will calculate your precise actions between ticks. Hmm. So what you see is what you get. Last one we have here is leveling up the world. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Go. With over twenty years of history, maps. Oh, well, my video is just a black screen. Huh. And encounter. I'm gonna just go ahead and restart that. Now it's loaded. Weird. With over 20 years of history, maps are a fundamental pillar of Counter-Strike. And in Counter-Strike 2, maps are getting a new look. But don't worry. You can still bring along your countless hours honing strategies That's and cool. exploiting every corner and crevice. We took three approaches to improving maps while retaining their rich legacy. First, there are touch The lighting maps, looks nice. Classic maps mm. with solid foundations that players Reflections can use to evaluate too, gameplay changes from CSGO to Counter-Strike 2. These have improvements to lighting and character read, but otherwise haven't been changed. Nice. Next, we have upgrades. These are maps that use new Source 2 lighting, including a physically-based rendering system that produces realistic materials, lighting, and reflections. And finally, overhauls. The oldest maps have been fully rebuilt from the ground up, leveraging all of the Source 2 tools and rendering features. These tools will be available for community map makers to make it easier to build, experiment, and iterate. With upgrades to lighting, player read, and materials in Counter-Strike 2, even the familiar will feel brand new. Nice. So, for a while there, mm -hmm. I was, uh... I was, like, playing CSGO for a little bit. Like, I, like it was... I thought it was enjoyable, because at the time, uh, I had played, um... Valorant, and I was like, hmm, this is okay, but it's like the ability stuff is kind of like really, I don't know, it really like made it 
less enjoyable for me. I feel like at times, mm-hmm. like at times it was it was it was cool, but at times it wasn't. But so then I was like, you know what? This people keep saying this game is basically fucking, uh, you know, CS:GO. So I tried that out, and I really I I ended up enjoying that more than Valorant. So I kind of played that for a little while. And yeah, I had fun with it. So I definitely will be trying this out because I had fun with the uh, with TSGO. Um but yeah, I, I this this probably isn't your time your type of thing, right? I'm not opposed to trying it. I've never really pl- tried it. I'm just not good at shooters where you only have one life for a map. Cause mm. I suck at sh- I get I'll i just get popped immediately. I'm just not that good at it. You know? And I, I recognize I'm not that good at it. I also don't necessarily try to be good at it either. It's part of the problem. Like, some games you have to play repeatedly to get good at. And yeah. I just don't play enough of these types of games to, to be good at. That isn't to say I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I just don't do it a lot. Um, it's usually not necessarily my type of deal. I can appreciate people that do it. I've watched people play. I've actually watched a lot of CS in the past, funny enough, because I watch a lot of streamers that'll play it. So... Yeah. Uh, and it it is it is interesting. I know people are big fans of it, so I, I would I would try it probably. I probably would be ass at it, but I, I, I'm not, oh, yeah. I would probably so try. You try it. you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I, I would be shit at Fortnite, but it turns out I'm actually pretty good at that. I just don't play it. Yeah, you, that's, that's yeah. I was gonna say you talking about shooter games. That that would, you, you fuck shit up in that game. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I, like I said, I'll definitely be checking that out. Uh, I think I'll that has uh, you know potential for some fun. Um, the next thing we talk about, uh, Ninja Theory showcases uh, an impressive facial animation for uh, Senua Saga Hellblade 2's trait. A little teaser here, so we can check this out. It's another like minute long thing. Yeah, let's check it out. All right, three, two, one. Sign Perth Cut, take 13. I see through your darkness now. I see through your lies. I will show them how to see us, I do. I will not appease your gods. I will destroy them. Damn. Oh, there it is. And there she is at the end there. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. I think uh, stuff like that is awesome to see, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool to just to see how like technology is moving along. Man. What's crazy is like you see the fire reflect in her fucking eye there. It's like super quick, but you see it, and that's crazy to me. And like, oh, man, I grew up when Mario was a couple pixels tall and ran across the screen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's nuts how far it, technology has come sometimes. Don't yeah, think about it much, cause it get... and how it's continuing to get better and better. But it's, mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that, that looks good. Alright, next thing we got here is um we have a new look at the visuals of the Lords of the Fallen and another new uh trailer for that. So let's uh check, let's it, check out. it out. Three, two, one, go. Welcome to the Lords of the Fallen Technical Showcase. Here at Hexworks, our goal has always been to create the most immersive game experience possible. Today, we're journeying to Skyrest Bridge, one of the game's early locations, to demonstrate just some of the impressive ways Unreal Engine 5's state-of-the-art technologies have helped us deliver on this ambitious vision for our upcoming action RPG. We want players to feel fully immersed in our world by playing as their own unique virtual persona. To achieve this, we've used a combination of technologies, including 3D scans of real people and UE5's own character customization tech. Players can create unique faces and bodies by dynamically morphing between a huge range of shapes before finessing the finer details. Our extensive selection of armor sets seamlessly adapt to whatever shape the player chooses. It's really important to us that we represent as wide a proportion of our audience as possible. Being able to customize your hero in Lords of the Fallen is only the beginning. Each and every one of our characters is incredibly detailed using high resolution textures. Get up close to any surface in the game, like this tunic for example, and detailed texturing provides incredible levels of micro-detail. How these objects move and behave is also crucial for player immersion. UE5's Chaos Physics Engine facilitates advanced simulations for clothes, chains, hair, belts, and a whole lot more. This helps to substantially enhance Chaos the secondary motion huh? in all our characters, making their movements look much more lifelike. The lighting in Lords of the Fallen takes full advantage of Unreal's brand new Lumen GI. We've been able to light our complex environments in real time, meaning we can immediately see the effect of a light bounce, for example, without waiting for the traditional slow baking processes. Watch how the lighting reacts as we move our light source around this environment. Global illumination like this can be quite demanding on processing, so we also make use of emissive shapes to add additional details to the lighting of any space. We can then fine-tune these light bounces on our nanite meshes, providing our world with impressive levels of detail and minimal impact on performance. Perhaps the most important element of Lords of the Fallen is the ability to travel between two worlds. The realm of the living, Axiom, and the realm of the dead, Umbral. We've created our own custom toolset within UE5 that allows us to intricately craft these two environments side by side and seamlessly swap between them. This means our artists and designers can ensure these worlds feel intrinsically linked, like two sides of the same coin, even if one side is decidedly more horrific <laughs> than the other. Damn. On behalf of Hexworks, 
Thanks for watching today's brief tech presentation. The twin realms of Umbral and Axiom await fearless adventurers later this year when Lord of the Fallen launches on PC and current gen consoles. Yeah. It is kind of crazy how they just zoom in on that armor and you can like see the fucking fabric and fucking like needlework and all that thread shit running through it. It's kind of nutty. It's like shit I wouldn't notice unless I'm like in a photo mode and zoom in real close. It's kind of nuts. Pretty cool, man. What's next? Next piece of news we got is that Atari is set to acquire System Shock remake developer Night Dive Studios. Uh, Atari announced that it has entered an agreement to acquire Night Dive Studios, the team behind the remake of, this, of System Shock remake, for roughly $10 million. Um, Night Dive Studios is currently led by Stephen Kick and Larry Kupperman and is both a development studio and publisher. It has published more than 100 games and will add its remake of System Shock to that list on May 30th on PC. Uh, considering Atari is a retro company and one that just acquired 12 classic retro games, it's easy to see what Night Dive Studios can do for it. Uh, in addition, Atari... SA will, has announced that it intends to proceed in a new term in the near term with a 30 million uh, euro bond issue convertible into new shares of Atari in order to meet its capital needs in the context of implementation of its new growth strategy and refinancing of its debt. The press release read, uh, and yeah, they're just you know talking about the business side of stuff, um, like I just read. Uh, so. Yeah, I guess Atari is want to do some things. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I guess. Yep. We'll see what ends up happening, but uh, we'll see what they come up with in, in the future. Maybe they'll remake other older games, or we'll see. I'm always down for that, to be honest. Like whenever we have like super old games, they're like, "That's a super old game. It'd be cool if they remade it." You know, like that's always cool. So hopefully. We'll get more of that because I think this like because I, I haven't played the System Shock original game. I haven't either. The remake looks fucking amazing, so I definitely want to play that. So if they could do more stuff like that, I think that'll be dope. Um, but anyway, we have um some news with uh aliens aliens dark descent we have some new gameplay trailer as well as a release date um so that's cool it's so during the summer game fest last june alien fans were treated to the reveal of a new title called aliens dark descent it's a real-time tactical shooter, pits a squad of Marines against uh, dozens of daily xenomorphs. We hadn't seen any gameplay footage until the release of this new video that we're about to watch. So let's go ahead and check it out, Josh. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm Are ready. You... I actually haven't seen this, so I'm curious to see what it looks like. All right. Three, two, one. 
Hello, and welcome to this exclusive first look at Aliens Dark Descent. In this short preview, we reveal what kind of experience awaits you. Dark Descent is a real-time, squad-based tactical action game. You are the commander. Marines are your weapon. You are tasked with investigating a sinister uprising that caused a vicious xenomorph outbreak on the moon. Your squad is controlled fluidly and intuitively as one unit, where any command you issue is automatically dispatched to the Marines best equipped for the task. Okay. Whether you're using mouse and keyboard or a controller, we want you to be fully immersed in the world and the iconic Aliens experience. You know what to do. Lead strategically. Enter combat without breaking stride, slowing down time at the touch of a button, just enough to distribute tactical orders with military precision. Tread carefully, though, because death is permanent in Dark Descent. Uh oh. Losing a Marine in combat is irreversible. That motherfucker getting dragged away. Hell no. On paths for survival. Explore large open levels to complete story missions and side objectives. Level up your loyal Marines with special abilities, perks, and gear, and nice. customize the squad composition to optimize. He likes to keep that handy for close encounters. At Tindalos, we're extremely excited to bring this game to all the real-time action strategy fans. June 20th. There it is. There's a release date. That's a Josh game. Be launching worldwide uh on June 20th for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, and PC. It looks pretty good to me. Yeah, that looks uh that looks pretty cool. Very nice, very nice. It's cool to actually see it because yeah, I mm -hmm. haven't seen any any of that until Um, in other news, we have a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game in development. TMNT, the last Ronin video game is in development. Uh, Polygon had an interview with Doug Rosen, senior vice president for games uh, and emerging media at Paramount Global. And according to Rosen, the last Ronin video game will be a single-player action role-playing title in the vein of the Norse-themed God of War series. Like the story that adapts to the game will feature a mature tone. The game's developer has not been named, and the project is years away from release. Uh, but the last Ronin was published in 2020 as a five-issue miniseries by IDW, and it takes place in the, a dark, futuristic New York, with the, where three of the four turtles have been killed. The surviving turtle. Whose identity is revealed at the end of the first issue, don dons a black mask and seeks revenge by fighting crime using both his and the weapons of his fallen brothers. I uh, I could definitely see this working as a video game. 
Mm-hmm. That she was like using all the weapons of the other turtles and stuff. And I haven't read this comic. I think, I think, I want to read it though. Should we do it as a podcast? Because I was I sitting think, here thinking we should put this on the calendar. I think we should. I think we should. I think it could be. Think it could be good. Man. I think it could be good too. Plus, it's not a lot of issues. Plus, it's something oh, we care yeah. about. TMNT. It's I definitely five, want to check it like, out. It's a mini series. Like we could do that easy. So I would. Because I haven't sure read it yet. Down for that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. Well, yeah, we'll definitely. Well, there you go. We we're, we're gonna plan it for an episode. So stay tuned in the future. We'll. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna check it out. And you guys then, saw uh, how the process happens. And then we'll, uh, we'll 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 for sure. I mean, I would definitely want to check out the game when it comes out. We're still years away, so you know, can't get too excited about it. But for now, we can check out the five issue miniseries, which yeah, we'll probably read some at some point this year down the line. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but that sounds cool, man. Especially, uh, dude said it was inspired by uh, God of War, like that. I like that because God of War is a great game. I'm all for it. Um, next up, we have um, some Microsoft news. Um, Microsoft is going to be ending the $1 Xbox Game Pass offer. The introductory deal has been around for years, but the company is now looking at different marketing promotions. Uh, So according to The Verge, the deal which applied to both Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and the PC Game Pass has recently been pulled. The Microsoft spokesperson saying, we have stopped our previous introductory offer for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass and are evaluating different marketing promotions for new members in the future. Um, what those marketing, what those different marketing promotions could be is anyone's guess, though, given the whole point of the $1 deal was to get new users on the hook. And a natural successor could easily be the Game Pass Friends and Family scheme, which, while still unavailable in the U.S., has been tested in a number of international markets since late 2022. Uh, and what it says is anyone signed up for the Game Pass will see months from existing subscriptions converted into partial months on the sharing plan. If you're currently signed up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, every remaining month will turn into 18 days of Game Pass friends and family. Those signed up for uh, for the piecemeal tiers will see their subscription subscriptions convert into 12 days of Game Pass friends and family. There are some limitations, however. If you're the account holder, you can only have four additional people on an account at any on at any given time and only share with eight unique accounts over the course of a calendar year and it's region locked primary account holder can only add two members who live in the same country or region so it'll be interesting to see what they do after this cuz i feel like the $1 offer was pretty tough to beat uh in terms of other similar you know things right like we always talked about like playstation plus kind of couldn't really compete with this and now we'll see what they end up doing man because they're gonna want to change it up yeah and i think it was only a matter of time until the one dollar deal was gonna go away anyway because they have to start making a profit at some point um and i'm i don't i'm not exactly sure if they're making a profit yet they might be 
But the whole dollar thing is just to build up that user base early, right? And get people kind of hooked on it. And then once it's gone, which is, you know, after it's only a dollar for a mo- that first month anyway. So once yeah. that's gone, you know, you're paying full price for, for it every month. Um, I'm kind of curious to what they do next as well, because they've, they've built up a base. It's obviously, it's, here's the thing, it's a, subscri- it's a subscription service. It's going to do the same thing that every subscription service starts to do, which is... It's got to make money, so it's going to start probably eventually increasing the price of things. But if they're able to do it in a way that's like, here's this uh, account deal, family, friends and family deal, or whatever the fuck. If they do that, and everybody kind of pitches in a little bit and has multiple accounts, you know? You know? Could be could be good for them, we'll see. Kind of curious to where they go next as well. Uh, moving on, we got some drama, video game drama. Uh, Dark and Darker has been accused of asset theft and has been removed from Steam. Uh, they've been hit with the DMCA notice by publishers Nexon. Uh... They stand accused of not just stealing assets, but also staff from Korean publishers Nexon. Uh, uh, it was uh, Dark and Dark is a fantasy MMO that's supposedly that's supposed to go into early access in April, and it's being developed by Iron Mace, a team of mostly former Nexon employees, and is in the same genre as P3, a title many of them had been working on at Nexon, and which has since been canceled before jumping ship. As a result, a few weeks back, Nexon complained and police raided Iron Mace's office. Nexon lawyers say Dark and Darker has a, has striking similarities with the concept of P3 in, in, in major gameplay, rules, and arts, which could not have been made independently, and that as a result of the alleged theft, their own game couldn't see the light of day due to, due to unethical actions from former colleagues. Following this raid, Nexon filed a DMCA strike against Dark and Darker, resulting in the game being delisted from Steam. Uh, the request says, Nexon has learned that Iron Mace uh, Limited is making unauthorized use of Nexon's trade secrets and copyrighted material as detailed below. This letter is to inform you of Iron Mace's misconduct, constituting misappropriation of Nexon's trade secrets and copyright infringement, and to request that Valve take down all versions of Dark and Darker from Steam. In response to the delisting, Iron Mace issued a statement to the game's Discord saying, To all our fans, we have recently been ser- been served a cease and desist letter from DMCA takedown by Nexon regarding Dark and Darker based on distortion on distorted claims. We are currently working with our legal team to remedy this issue in the best manner possible. Due to the sensitive legal nature of this issue, we must be careful with our statements so as to not jeopardize our position. We ask for your understanding as we work to get the game back up quickly as possible. Please know that we will do all that is possible for our fans. Thanks. Um, and then they issued a longer explanation, which addresses Nexon specific allegations, uh, such as accessing Nexon servers by developers working from home and similarities of the two, this, the game Darker Darker Story to that of P3. And it ends with, given the information presented, 
It's difficult to believe that Nexon, in good faith, could reasonably believe that Iron Mace has infringed on the copyrights for their P3 project. They also provide no actual evidence that Iron Mace misappropriated Nexon's trade secret information in the creation of Dark and Darker, but instead base it on circumstantial claims. Finally, they accuse Iron Mace of flagrant breach of Valve's SSA and SOCR, restricting our ability to provide our game to players on the largest mainstream PC platform and severely obstructing our ability to do business. Iron Mace requests that Nexon renounce their baseless claims if they would like to complete Compete on merit, we welcome Nexon to promptly accommodate the comparison of source code, custom assets, custom assets, and design documents with the police to quickly and decisively put an end to this matter. Boy, that's a lot of messiness. Um, what do you what do you think of all this, Josh? So it's a lot of to me, to me, it reads like, hey, Nexon saw how popular Dark and Darker was. Some of those guys used to work for us, and maybe this idea was kind of like something that Nexon had in the past, but that doesn't mean shit because it's not, I don't honestly think they, it doesn't seem like, uh, look, here's the thing, the, the, um, the, uh, creators of Dark and Darker, right? They're like, here, you can look at anything we got. They were raided by the cops. You can look at anything we got. They didn't find shit. So like, what do you have? Doesn't seem like you got shit other than like you're greedy and can and and just because of the game that took off Steam doesn't mean there's any proof of anything. Just about anybody can issue a DMCA for whatever reason if it gets approved. Happens all the time. We've seen it before. So uh, I'm kind of curious to how it shakes out. Maybe I'm wrong, but to me, it just seems like Nexon saw the success of it, got greedy that they might have had something similar and was like, hey, they've obviously stolen something from us because they used to work for us. I just yeah. don't know. I don't know. It doesn't like we'll have to wait and see. It's very this could have ramifications for future things that you may not even know about. If it goes to the court, you might be one of those kind of things you have to follow. Remember when the whole Fortnite, Apple, Epic, that whole thing happened, you know? So that th- this could be a future like thing that sets precedent for something. So um It'll be kind of curious to see how it all shakes out. Ultimately, if you ask where I stand on it, I'm kind of on the side of Dark and Darker here. But if you want, like, if I got to take a side, but I don't really have to take a side because I haven't played Dark and Darker at all. I've just watched it been played. But it yeah. it definitely seems like Nexon is just kind of like grasping, wanting a piece of money that they might not be entitled to here. So it's uh, definitely, it's also fucking weird. It feels fucking weird because I've never seen really anything like this before. Yeah, it does seem weird, but I, I think you're kind of right. I think next sounds like, yo, these guys used to work for us. We kind of had, you know, something maybe, even if it's like a tiny bit similar, they're like, oh, that's our idea. We had that already, man. You guys used to work here. You, you must have, surely you got it from us because we had that. Mm. But I played Dark and Darker and I had fun with it. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's It's like, I haven't played Tarkov, but people were telling me it's similar to that. So I I had a great time with it. I, you know, hopefully they can get this cleared and, 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 you know, be, uh, be good to go because this, yeah, this just uh, next on, I don't, I, I think with what they were saying, they're like, they don't have any like evidence of us like trying to mm-hmm. do anything. And then, like you said, they're like, 
we could even like yo bring the receipts bro we can show you whatever get the source code out we're we got nothing we got nothing it, to be and that's the other of thing afraid of. it's so weird like because dark and dark is just like fantasy tarkov like where idea did you get it from nexon what are you talking about here you're talking about copyright huh like you stole the it's your idea it's, it's not it's not a unique idea anybody could do that i could do that if i go and do a DD tabletop game that is basically tarkov with multiple players that when they die they leave the game that is Tarkov, except I'm running a tabletop RPG campaign of it, right? So, I don't get it. Maybe I'm just dumb. It's possible. I'm not exactly the smartest person in the room, but at a basic level, I kind of get it. Uh, I don't... I don't know. Seems weird. Just gonna, it's one of those things I'm going to wait and see and just be like, maybe I'm just not educated enough, but it seems like Nexon's grasping here. Yeah, well, we'll have to see that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the future game show, Spring Showcase. Um, so we had the future game show four days ago. And let's talk about some of the stuff we got to see there. Mm-hmm. They actually showed off quite a bit of things, so we'll probably skip a few things here and there because, you know, it's just going to be a lot to... Yeah. To get through, but um Yeah, we'll 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 check it out and then we'll talk about what we are maybe interested in. So all right, Josh, you got it open? I got it open. So Future Game Show was broadcast live on March twenty third, twenty twenty three. So this was last Thursday. And they were talking about some games. So the first thing they had here was Witchfire. Uh, which is a magic-infused shooter coming to PC. Also, Josh, if you look at the thing there, I put a link to the trailers if you want to check I, them out. I do I do have those open as well. Okay, cool. So if you want to check out any of the trailers, we can just find them there. Um, but yeah, Witchfire, um, which I kind of want to check that out. So Let's, let's, let's check the trailer out for it. So let's... Uh... So we'll just call out trailers as we find them interesting that we want to see. So we'll do Witchfire. Yeah. I definitely want to see that one, too. It was on my list. All right, Witchfire. Check it out. I am ready when you're ready. All right, three, two, one, go. Hi, my name is Carol Krog, and I'm a designer at The Astronauts. In this video, I want to show you... Damn, that gun shoots fast. It does. I wasn't expecting that. The first thing to know is that we have two types of spells in the game. Light spells are quick, easy to execute, and cost relatively small amounts of stamina. Heavy spells a wizard with a gun, dude. are slower to execute, mm-hmm. and it takes longer for our witch hunter to regenerate before he can use one again. Not the bad. heavy spell we are seeing here is a cursed phantom bell that you can ring up to three times with your bullets. Ringing the bell stuns all nearby minor enemies, and if repeated properly, it can stun even major enemies. The second thing to know about spells in Witchfire is that most of them are based on four core elements. Water, Earth, Fire, and Air. Each element has its own unique property. For example, enemies set on fire receive more damage. On top of that, elements interact with each other in intuitive ways. 
Here, I attack an enemy with shock light spell. The damage and the element spread to other nearby enemies. Now, I'll do the same thing again. Let me set enemy on fire with my shotgun. And now, there. As you can see, the bolts affecting nearby enemies were more powerful. And that is because the source oh, enemy cool. was burning, receiving more damage from my bullets. And these are the basics of the spell system in Witchfire. Spells are as important Looks in like the something I'd play. as yeah, weapons. Me too. And using both is the key to survival in the land of the witch. Thank you for watching. Hey. Nice. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. I'll definitely will be keeping that one on my radar for sure. Uh, what else we got here? We got a Sifu Arena expansion coming out. Uh, yeah. So the the the, the Kung Fu Brawler Sifu is getting an Arena's expansion, offering new game modes and hours of fighting fun. Uh, it's coming March twenty eighth, so that's gonna be tomorrow. Uh, what else we got here? We got Mi Miasma Chronicles. Which is a new tactical RPG, uh, and so this is the next game from the people that made Mutant Year Zero: Road to Eden. This I'd like to check the trailer for this one. Let's way. let's check it out. Let's. Uh, this one is coming out on uh, May twenty third for PC, Xbox, and PS five. Okay, so let me uh, get this one open here. This is called Mi Miasma. Okay. It's quick. It's only like a minute and eight seconds. Cool. All right. Three, two, one, go. You've harnessed your glove's power, and now you want to find me. Gotta find Five oh five games. The bearded ladies. You don't know what's making the miasma angry. And it's spreading across America, twisting this once great nation into a lethal wasteland. We gotta help these people. Robots. Oh, yeah. damn. Oh, man. Oh, that's Mater. Cool. Nice. Find me, and if you do, maybe I will tell you my secret. The revelations must be earned. Okay. Interesting. Kind of a Josh game. All right, all right. Uh, next thing we got here is I want to check this one out. Ravenbound. Yep. It is a. Uh, Open world roguelite with deck building elements. So let's check it out. This 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 actually comes out in a few days. It comes out on Thursday, actually. So cool. This will be out real soon. All right, three, two, uh, hold on, three, two, uh, one, and go. Peggy sixteen. 
So forget where I've seen this before, but I've seen it somewhere else. Same. I don't remember where. Shield of the Unwavering. Ravenbound. Looks pretty neat. Avalanche Studios Group and Systemic Reaction. Yeah, looks interesting. Came out in a few days, so that's pretty neat. All right. Next up, we got Arc Runner, which is a co-op action and roguelite set in a neon-soaked cyberpunk world. Uh, this is coming out on April 27th on PS5, Xbox, and Xbox One, PS4, PC. April 27th. All right. Arc Runner. Let's check this one out. Uh, all right. Three, two, one. Feels very Tron. Yeah. Even like the art style and everything too. Mm -hmm. we got is hyenas uh we've seen this before too uh i forget what kind of game this is but i know we had seen it already before as well and they're gonna be having a uh an alpha on the pc where you can uh sign up and play if you want to choose to if you go to playhyenas.com sign up for that uh what else we got we got the entropy center uh which is a oh it's getting a level a free level up editor update on thursday 
and they had a competition to find an ultimate fan-made level. So you can check that out on their Discord as well. Uh, Wrestle Story will premiere. Wrestle Story is a story-driven turn-based action RPG from TikTok Games, where you can play as an up-and-coming wrestler and build your faction of fighters to take on Squared Circle Titans. It was revealed during uh, this year's Spring Showcase. So you want to check this one out? I do. I actually already have it open. I was like, we need to check this out. I'm like, we're, yeah, we're going to check this out. <laughs> we're going to watch this one out. Yeah, we, we totally All right. So three, two, one, go. Let's see. TikTok games. Lay the smack down. Oh, you can build the faction. Wrestle Story, there it is. Go beyond the ring, WrestleStory.com. It looks fun. Check that out in the feature, probably. All right. Next up, we got After Us, uh, which is uh, a post-apocalyptic world game. Um, they have a presentation and release date for that what else do they have they have that game's releasing on may 23rd on ps5 xbox pc uh synced which is a free-to-play sci-fi shooter from next studio set in a world devastated by technology uh they're saying it looks like a mix between borderlands and vanquish Uh, they also had a presentation for the Expanse, a Telltale series. Um, it was also revealed that episode one of the Expanse, Telltale series is coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox in the summer of 2023. Uh, so that is uh, pretty pretty soon, I would say. But yeah, they just mm -hmm. have a video talking about, uh, you know, interviews and, and gameplay and, and whatnot. Uh, Distant Bloom, which is a cozy alien planet shooter from Ember Trail. A new trailer. Game's coming out on PC in 2023. Uh, the Last Case of Benedict Fox, they had a uh, little bit of a gameplay trailer for that, and it's going to be coming to PC and Xbox on April 27th. 
the carnation, which is a phantasma, tan, phantasmagorical puzzle adventure. Man, that took me a little bit to say. From uh, Atlier QDB. Uh, has a release date of May 2023 for PC and the Switch. Park Beyond, which is a uh, Pac-Man themed. They have a Pac-Man themed period of bonus and a Zombieyond impossification set that comes with the Visioneer edition of the game, uh, as well as they have a release date, June 16th, coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, but there will be a closed beta starting on May 9th. Pizza Possum is a chaotic stealth game which, in which you steal snacks as a very hungry possum. It's coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew is a new stealth strategy game from the makers of Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shogun. Uh, the gameplay trailer shows off magical pirate combat and it'll be coming to PC, Xbox, PS5, and PS3. I'd like to check the trailer on this one. Let's do it. Let's check it out. It's two minutes long. Uh, so it shouldn't be too bad. Let's check it out in three, two, one, go. Peggy 16. Damn. From the creators of Shadow Tactics, Bates of the Shogun, and Desperados 3. The Inquisition has increased security at time. This is alpha footage. We must find out what they're hiding. Aphia, assemble the crew. Consider it done. Suledi, the ship doctor, can always provide a quick place to hide and send guards to their doom. I'll trim their numbers. Shipwright, Mr. Mercury, will have no problem getting past any fortress wall. Back on top! Our sharpshooter, Teresa Lassiega, can oversee operations from afar. Judgment so that's cool, you're like a cursed pirate lied. crew? She never misses. Quite the shot, Teresa! I'm bad. Cannoness Gael will send yeah, that's cool. where they need to go quickly, if not quietly. The landing could be a bit rough. Toya, the ship cook, will serve up quick, elaborate deaths to those who stumble upon his magical charm. A feast for my blade. He, he's a ship cook. He's also a ninja. A fucking assassin, yeah. <laughs> he knows how to get into people's heads, but you'll never find his noble hands doing any physical labor. Such dirty business. Our treasure hunter, Quentin Albers, may not have a head on his shoulders, but his gaze is always fixed on the prize. Find his keepers. And I, the Red Marley, am always watching. Ready to provide another chance when things go wrong. Why fear failure when time is on your side? And with this crew, that treasure will be ours. <laughs> it actually looks kind of cool. It does. Glad we watched the trailer for that. That's not bad. It looks, looks, it looks pretty fun, yeah. Alright. Nice. Then we have uh, The Axis Unseen, which is a heavy metal horror game from a solo developer who previously worked on Skyrim and Fallout. Let's show a trailer for that. Uh, we had a VR showcase, which, you know, we're 
not going to get into that really. Uh, Ax or AK Axolotl, which you're an Axolotl with an AK 47. Uh, AK Axolotl has a release date of 2023. It's coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch later this year. Uh, Fort Solace, which I do want to check this one out. I already and have it open. They had one for <laughs> Fort Solace. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, Julia Brown, Roger Clark, Troy Baker. New trailer for this game coming out for PS5 and PC later this summer. So let's check this out. Let's do Three, it. Three, eh? two, one, go. I need to make contact with Solace. Fallen Leaf, Gear Villagers, Black Drakkar. Jack Leary responding to Fort Solace. Alarm. Is everything okay over there? Be careful. I think something is off here. Just how many people are in Solace? The system lists six. There, there's an incident here. An incident? What kind of incident? I don't know. But what the hell is going on there? Someone was down there with me. I'm heading back up to the surface level now. Um, you need to get out of there, Tom! I'm still in there! Jack! Answer me! I'm getting, like, Dead Space Alien Isolation vibes out of this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, considering, like, we got the Dead Space remake, Callisto Protocol, and now this. They're all kind of similar as games. A lot, a lot of space horror, huh? This has been kind of the people have been into making lately. But I, I'd be down to check that out, though. And it's got our boy Roger Clark, so, you know, how, how, how yeah. can I not? He's a good boy. You're a good boy. All right. Uh, Combat Champions is the next thing we got here. Uh, formerly known as Project Slingshot. It's a shooter set in a world without uh, lawyers where corporations settle their business on the battlefield. Uh, Combat Champions is coming to PC, and you can sign up for a private alpha right now. Uh, Primordial's Legends Hollow Hero. Toy Box Game Series debuted a new trailer for the studio's Combat Wombat game. Primordial Legends Hollow Hero during the Spring Showcase. Uh, dug into the game's story, and a trailer revealed some puzzles and combat. Men of War 2. Fulcrum Publishing released a multiplayer tech test for Men of War 2 at the Showcase. It's available now and runs until March 20th, well, today. Uh, so you can check out the wholly anticipated RTS before launch. Men of War 2 is coming soon to PC. Coming soon. Uh, Dave the Diver. Mini Rocket swam by the future game show to showcase their uh, reveal concerning Dave the Diver. It's launching out of early Steam Early Access in June of 2023. 
Uh, Survival Fountain of Youth is a challenging action-adventure game where you play as a shipwrecked 16th century explorer. It was revealed that the game is coming to Steam Early Access on April 19th. Uh, Battle Shapers. It's a blazing fast, super vibrant roguelite shooter where you take down hordes of deadly robots. Come in a PC in summer of 2023. Uh... Next game, Stranded Alien Dawn, which I want to I want to check this one out, is a strategic survival simulator where you look after the struggling human settlement on a complex alien world. There's a new trailer uh, to boot, and you can pre-order it on Xbox and PlayStation. This game is launching on April 25th. Let's check it out. Minute 30. Three, two, one, play. Peggy 16. pretty neat it is very rim ish so it's right up my alley yeah it, i kind of got like yeah fallout rim world like that kind of game this that type of game vibes yeah neat i checked that out uh next game they have here is dredge uh lovecraftian fishing adventure dredge uh, coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and the Switch on March 30th. Castlecraft had a cinematic world premiere that offered the first look at this destructible world of Castlecraft. It's a siege battle game where players must construct and defend against waves of enemies. Um, the Great War Western Front, a new World War One strategy RTS from Petroglyph. I want to check the this studio, one. The studio behind the Command & Conquer Remastered Collection. Um, <clears throat> a, tra a trailer for the game was shown, providing its overview of features. And it's coming out this Thursday. So there's quite a few games that are coming out this Thursday, huh? Yeah. I definitely want to check this one out because it is Petroglyph. It is the CNC yeah. remaster. They're former Westwood devs. They are yeah. masters of the uh, RTS. Yeah. So let's check it out. Ready? Three, two... One, go. 
Peggy 16. Frontier Foundry, Petroglyph. Oh, my dad is going to love this game. <laughs> well, tell him that comes out on Thursday. I got to send this. I got to send this trailer to him. Shit, I I'll play this, but this is definitely more his style, I think. Yeah. school to me I, i'm gonna send this to him right now actually <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we have here is uh go fight fantastic which is a co-op cartoon hack and slash focusing heavily on player customization and teamwork it's coming to pc later this year uh, War Tales is an open-world RPG where players write down their own stories during a treacherous medieval landscape. Shiro Games dropped a trailer and revealing the game's 1.0 launch on PC will take place on April 12th. I'm kind of curious about this. Let's check it out. I played this a little bit, by the way. When they did, when it was first announced, they did like a Steam Next Fest, like immediately after. And I played oh. a little bit of it, and I liked it. So I haven't let's gone back out. to it or anything uh, yeah, but I, uh, it's on my list to check out, so let's check it out. Let's watch it. Three, two, one, go. How's the wound? Stop bleeding, at least. But we're out of bandages. Perfect. No bandages. Mm. Delicious rat. The months. What was Hell it again? Nah. Easy contract, easy money, right? Soon these will be distant memories. We'll be rich. You'll be dead. <laughs> You'll be dead. We gotta go. War tales. Damn. You see now why I liked it. It become it's like XCOM. <laughs> you move around and fight shit. Oh my god, that was one big fucking rat. What the fuck? Cool. I think I remember seeing this somewhere else. Yeah, like we saw it on on the other... There's been so many games over the past few years that we've seen like multiple times, and I just forget where we see them first, you know? Because there's been a lot of delays and things, but... Yeah. We're, we're getting there. A lot of these are starting to come out now, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... 
Ixion, which is a space station city builder where you set standards among the stars. Uh, showed a trailer for that as well. Can watch Cole play that on Steam. Uh, Mika and the Witch's Mountain, which is uh, they're comparing it to like a Studio Ghibli film. If you like that, you'll like this. It's a fantasy life sim concerning a mail delivering witch. Kind of like Kiki's Delivery Service, imagine. Uh, new gameplay trailer showing complete with a froggy chair and song coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Go Go Town, the next game from Prideful Sloth. Uh, the creators of Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles, and Grow Song of the Evertree. It's a wholesome life sim game set in a bustling town. Uh, the gameplay trailer showed off uh, the story and, and whatnot. Coming to PC and consoles at some point. Um, they talked about Dying Light 2 and some of the next story-driven DLC coming out. The next major updates come in April 20th, and they're bringing more brutality to the game's combat. I would want to watch that, but I haven't played the main game, so I'm going to say we skip that for now. That's fine on me. Uh, Viewfinder, which I, I, I found this game pretty interesting. I'm not normally into puzzle games, but I, I like the way this one looked. Let's watch the trailer for it. So let's check it out. Uh, Let me get that open. Uh, there it is. The puzzle covered game world coming to PS5 and PC. So let's check it out. I'm ready, sir. All right. Three, two, one, go. Because even though I, I, I probably won't play it, what we saw before was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I will either. Because again, I'm not into puzzles really, but it just it's just a cool looking game that's like, man, look at this. That, that that's is, so trippy that is, to me. It's nuts, <laughs> dude. Like, what the hell? And wanderers are always welcome. Look at that. What? Who thought of this game, dude? Huh? I need to ask. What a weird, trippy-ass, but cool-looking game. Defenders I can't wait for Paula to play this so we can watch. <laughs> In case they were to ever come back. Oh, man, uh, he's dropping them. I must admit, I'm surprised you made it this far. It's quite exciting. Yeah, that that's, is... That's trippy. I'm glad we watched that. That's nuts. Oh, wait. Man. There's more. You can pet the cat. Oh, yeah. Nice. People are going to like that. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, again, not normally into that kind of stuff, but I might I might be inclined to try that out, maybe. Just, mm -hmm. just even for a little while, just to mess around with it. Yeah, but. why not? Paranormal Tales is the last game we have here for the showcase. And uh, 
Let's just Fuck it, let's watch it. Yeah. yeah the last one. <laughs> I'm glad we had the same thought process. Fuck it, let's watch Parad it. Yeah, Paranormal Tales, they have a house gameplay trailer. It's a minute 21, it's not too bad. All right, three, two, one, go. Oh, hell no, this is like real life. No, fuck this, dude. I don't want this. Nope, nope, nope. Spoopy time. Fuck it. I'm the, I'm the guy in this video. Fuck, ain't that <laughs> But who left the water up? Bro, who's throwing my pots and pans around? Hey, I got a pan that looks just like that. Bro, who's who? Oh, shit. Oh, no. Who's that? Oh, oh damn. fuck that, dude. Why are you looking? Oh my god, if I this I could be shit dude. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I like how it says don't play pt.com is the website. <laughs> oh. oh shit, that's funny, man. That's a that's a I'm curious who's going to want to play that. Um interesting, yeah. You're like Paula, you want to play this game? Bruh. And wh wh whoever likes uh Phasmophobia, like you guys want to play this game? I'd make this like a stream goal. Give me twenty five subs, I'll play it on stream. <laughs> right? I'm shit. I'd do that, man. I I I would definitely do that. I'd play it if uh you know for 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 like a sub for like a stream goal too. Why not? Mm hmm. You guys want to see me get spooked? We'll fucking you know let's make it happen, dude. You want to see a grown man cry on stream? <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be me. All right, All right. Well, that's the end of our uh, future game showcase uh, for the day. I think that'll, I think we still have one more piece of, yeah, we got one more piece of new uh, uh, gaming news. Oh, yeah. I should say. Yeah. And then that'll be it for the gaming news. So let's talk about this one right here. All right. And this is, uh, yeah, you want to take it away? I can do it if you want, or you can read it. Doesn't matter to me either way. Either way is fine. Uh... All right, I can read it. Um, so Ubisoft has pulled out of E3 2023. Um, there's an article over on the Video Games Chronicle. It's been retweeted. It's going around. It says Ubisoft is no longer attending this year's physical E3 event. Uh, says last month the assassin's creed publisher became the first major company to publicly commit to attending the revamped e3 which is due to take place in june at its traditional venue of the los angeles convention center however in a statement issued to vgc the video game chronicle the company said it has now decided to move in a different direction and will instead be holding its own ubisoft forward live event on june 12th in los angeles 
let's see. It says E3 has fostered unforgettable moments across the industry throughout the years, a spokesperson told VGC. While we initially intended to have an official E3 presence, we've made the subsequent decision to move in a different direction. And we'll be holding an Ubisoft Forward Live event on the 12th of June in Los Angeles. We look forward to sharing more details with our players very soon. The E3 organizer, Reedpop, has not did not immediately respond to a request for comment. So... DT, I think it's safe to say the E3 we know is dead. Uh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody's dropping out. Nobody's... Uh, They're doing their own events. Out. It's cheaper. Everybody's doing their own thing now. I don't know what E3's doing now because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What, 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 are they, what are they doing? I have no idea. What are they going to have there? Like, I don't, you know, I don't understand. Because all the major, you know... All the major players are like out. They're, they're they're not they're not in anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that. Uh, I I feel like E three is dead as we knew it as it is, and well, nobody's gonna be there. But I think that, you know, maybe they can reorganize or something. Maybe it'll become like an indie type of thing in the future. I have no fucking idea. Um, I don't know what they have planned this time. Uh, I guess we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, I just, off the top of my head, I can't really think of what they would be doing. Because, yeah, everything is just, you know. And, and it's not like it's something new either. Like, we've, like, PlayStation has been doing their own thing. Nintendo's been doing their yeah. own thing. Like. COVID just sped things up. I think it was always going to kind of go. I, I don't want it to. Obviously, growing up, E3 was like such an event. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, it was something we looked forward to every year. But, hey, it is what it is. Also, DT, yep. we have a piece of breaking news right now. Uh, oh, do we? What's that? Yes. This is tweeted by Venture Beat. It says, former Bioware executive producer Mark Darrow, we've talked about him previously on the show, has yeah. returned to work on Dragon Age Dreadwolf as a consultant. Mm. The Mass Effect and the Mass Effect team will help ship the game. They posted an article here. Mark Dara says he will tweet. He says, in keeping with I can only be on one and a half social media platforms at a time, I will have an update on this on YouTube very soon. So he's going to have an update on his personal YouTube. Um, I remember he left Bioware a little while back. I was disappointed by that because I like Mark Dara. He's a very important person to Dragon Age. But it looks like he's coming back for a some sort of consulting on Dreadwolf at the very least. Um, thing here, uh, I'll read some of the article here. It says, "Former Bioware executive producer Mark Dare is returning to work on Dragon Age Dreadwolf as a consultant." On top of that, Electronic Arts said that the Mass Effect team will help with the production of Dragon Age Dreadwolf as the production and polishing task ratchet upward. The Mass Effect can do that because the next Mass Effect title is still in the pre-production stage with a small core team working on it, Game Beat has learned. Quoted as saying, Our studio is focused on creating the best Dragon Age Red Wolf while the core Mass Effect team continues their pre-production works, said Gary McKay, Bioware General Manager, in a statement to Game Beat. We continue to iterate and polish Red Wolf, focusing on the things that matter, to the, that matter most to our fans as we further connect this new experience with the series' legacies with the series legacy, Mark Dara will join as a team consultant 
bringing with him years of experience working on Dragon Age. We're proud to have his have this team with strong leadership at the helm, working together to realize the vision we have for the game. Uh, EA said that Dragon Age Dreadwolf has been in post-production since September, and the team's been hard at work, spending lots of time iterating and making it better. Now that the team has the ability to do a complete playthrough, it can iterate and polish on the things that matter most to fans. Wow, they use iterate a lot in this statement. Um, uh, I think that is the gist of it. <clears throat> All right, well, that's pretty cool. Oh, here's some background on Dara, if you guys want to hear a little bit of that. It says, uh, Dara was a former developer and executive producer on the Dragon Age titles of Bioware. He left the studio along with Casey Hudson in December of 2020. Recently, he approached Bioware about returning, and the team thought it was an opportunity to bring back a seasoned veteran who was integral to the last three Dragon Age games. Uh, Dara's focus will center on ensuring that the team is connecting this new experience with the legacy of the franchise, respecting the Dragon Age legacy while sustaining the vision for this beloved franchise is a top priority okay that's cool yeah i uh i have yet to begin my journey in the dragon age series but i plan to very 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 soon um i got i got a couple of um like smaller games i want to get through on stream before i get there but once i do complete these smaller games i am going to be going on that journey man I'm going I'm to I'm play the first game. I'm going to play uh, Dragon Age Origins. And I look forward to beginning that because I've heard a lot of things about that, you know, over the past however many years. And also, um, like, having played Mass Effect and KOTOR and some of these other Bioware games, it's like, yeah, I want to wanna check it out. I am... Uh... So I'm kind of curious to be like, why are they bringing him in so late? I guess he did work on it a bit. Before he left, I would imagine, because it would have been in development for a very long time. But it seems like they're bringing him in to make sure it's like really connected to the old games. But like, if the game's in post production, then it's getting close to being completed. How much can you really change in that amount of time? Genuinely curious. I know nothing about game development. I wonder how much in this uh, uh, phase that you can actually change. Hey, Mark Guerra, if you're out there listening to this, I, you're probably not. But if you ever do, you want to come on the show and talk with us. And, like, obviously you can't give no spoilers away, but I am genuinely curious about the whole process just in general. That'd be kind of cool to have somebody on that could talk to that, you know? And also, you'll never get the things you want if you don't ask. So this is the ask uh, part of that equation. Um, but, yeah, I, I am genuinely kind of curious to how much they, that he can add on in there and all that. I'm, uh, I, I, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I posted the article in DT's Discord as well. If any of you guys want to see it for yourselves, as long with the, along with the tweet. So that happened cool. literally while I was looking at Twitter. I always check Twitter like right before we end the gaming news and just to see what's on there. And nice. since it's well, that, something that pertains uh, to us. Yeah. Like I said, I, I plan on starting my Dragon Age journey pretty soon. So. Hopefully All right. I will be in the uh, in the know like uh, like the rest of you guys. But um, yeah. Let's say we move into the TV news, my friend. Let's do that, it. The, the gaming news took a while, but we're we're done. All right, this is going to go kind of fairly quickly in comparison to uh, some of the other stuff, but uh Oscar winners 
Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schreinert, directors of Everything Everywhere All at Once, directed an episode of the new Star Wars series Skeleton Crew. Uh... They uh, kicked off filming last summer. Production has reportedly wrapped in recent months. Uh, while a complete list of directors and skeleton crew remains unannounced, sources indicate that uh, the Daniels helmed one episode of the upcoming season. And Quan uh, confirmed that they directed a single episode of Skeleton Crew through his Instagram. Uh, he said, John Watts approached us to do an episode a while ago. Before everything everywhere even came out, we love John, love Star Wars, love learning new tech, and we love meeting new cast and crew. And we needed two days to keep, uh, we needed two days to keep our healthcare. It was an easy yes. We shot it last year and had an incredible time. Uh, Skeleton Crew stars Jude Law and is created by John Watts. While most of the narrative details remain uh, hidden, it is a uh, Disney Plus series that will remain that will uh, take place in the New Republic era, in the same timeline as the Mandalorian, uh, following the events of Return of the Jedi. So that's pretty cool. They're gonna be uh, directing an episode of that. I would definitely. I know you haven't seen everything everywhere yet, Josh, but you have. You have some time, man, to check it out. I would recommend doing so because it is an interesting movie. And it won a lot of awards here very recently. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, should you get the chance to check it out at some point soon? Um, oh, yeah. I definitely want to. Sorry. I was muted with it the whole time I said that. I said I definitely want to, and I'm definitely going to check it out. All right. Cool. It was a stupid loud-ass uh, car going down the road, so I was muted. No, you're good. Um, yeah, let's... Move on to the next thing here, which is a trailer for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 5. We have an official trailer. It's a minute 30. We're both caught up. We are. I'm looking forward to checking this out. Uh, it'll be the final season. And let's, you know, check it out. It premieres on April 14th. Three, two, one, go. What drives Midge Maisel? I want a big life. I want to break every single rule there is. Oh, boy, I'm lucky. This Mrs. Maisel, you say everything I think. A terrifying connection. <laughs> you seem to be experiencing very bad luck. I don't know about that. This is my lucky day. My business is really picking up. Oh, oh. It's a busy professional office now. Oh, what was it like? So many dicks. What? Whatever. Ah, too much talking. Boy, are you in the wrong family, kid. <laughs> Not one person who's ever accomplished anything of worth in life has ever been happy. It's two steps forward, three steps back, and I'm tired of it. This is it. This is, this is the break. They didn't see you for what you are, a goddamn star. You in? I'm in. It's showtime! I'm gonna get this. You'll see. April 14th. Can't wait. It's 
gonna be good, man. I've like I've enjoyed the show over the course of its few seasons. I've enjoyed it too. Right. Last thing we have here is some more Amazon Prime news, and this one is a little more, uh, you know. We're talking about Amazon's Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Uh, a horse died on set while they were filming season two, and now PETA is calling for use of CGI animals. So the horse died of cardiac arrest during rehearsals for the Prime video series. Uh, it died on March 21st. The studio confirmed. A spokesperson for Amazon Studios said, we are deeply saddened to confirm that a production horse died. The incident took place in the morning whilst the horse was being exercised prior to rehearsals. The trainer was not in costume and filming had yet to commence. Both a veterinarian and a representative of the American Humane Association were present at the time. Independent necropsy has uh, affirmed that the horse died of cardiac failure. It was the horse was one of thirty on set at that day, all supplied and respected by outfitter The Devil's Horseman, which has provided horses for many shows, including Game of Thrones. This is apparently the first on-set animal fatality in the company's fifty-year history. The horse is said to have shown no prior health problems and was standing among twenty other horses before it died. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I wanted to include this in here because I think it'll be interesting to see how this affects like any, uh, productions going forward in the future. Like if this will have mm -hmm. anything to, to do with, you know, like using like actual animals and stuff as opposed to, you know not but um yeah i mean it's the first time that that's happened for them in their whole entire history um there's even like a little bit of a a video here that we can see the devil horseman's like kind of work in the industry like behind the scenes stuff that kind of shows off it's a bit of a longer video i like nine minutes so if you guys want to check it out, definitely go watch it yourself. It's on the FEI YouTube channel. We can watch some of it, but we, won't, we definitely won't be watching all of it. No, I'm just going to skim um, through if you want. Yeah. It's uh, you know, behind the scenes of Hollywood, meeting the devil's horseman is what it's called. Again, on the FEI YouTube channel. So you can just see kind of the behind the scenes of like how they do things with the horses and the, the you know, carriages and all that stuff and what they use in filming, you know, productions of TV shows and movies and all that stuff. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, they have stunt writers and I, I yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be, like I said, very, uh, I, I just, I just wonder what'll, what'll come of this, you know? having like a horse die on 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 set of this this show you know i honestly uh, to me yeah, it just least... seems like such a, a freak thing to happen you know like yeah you know but it i mean it happens with people like too like if you go to the gym and work out there's been people that go into cardiac arrest and 
have heart attacks just from being at the gym and, and doing a little workout. You know, it happens. Like, I, I, I don't think it's like a case of any sort of abuse or anything like that. They seem to be really well respected on the in the world of filmmaking. I know the the big push nowadays is to use CGI animals when you can, for the most part. But I don't know. This just seems like such a freak occurrence. You know, yeah. to happen. But yeah. Uh, uh, Alrighty then. Battle. I think that's it for our TV news. Yeah. Yeah. Very very quick. Not a whole lot of TV news this time around. Um. So we can move on to the movie news if you're ready. I'm ready, sir. Let's move along, shall we? Alrighty then. So for our movie news this week, we have uh the net news on Netflix's Gears of War movie. They have enlisted the Dune writer John Spates, uh co also co-writer of Marvel's Doctor Strange, will help Netflix turn this video game franchise into a live action film. Uh, so Spades co-wrote the screenplay for Dune alongside filmmaker Denis Villeneuve as well as Marvel's Doctor Strange. Uh, Gears of War is one of the all-time great action games with vivid characters and beautifully designed world and a combat system that drives home the lethality of war and the importance of standing by your squad mates. It wants to be cinema and I'm thrilled to have the chance to help uh, that happen, Spades said in a statement. Um, We'll throw the partner with John and the Netflix team to bring Gears of War to life. John is a master storyteller uh, with talent for creating epic science fiction universes, he and he truly loves Gears of War. We couldn't ask for a better partner to honor our franchise and deliver an authentic story to our fans, the Coalition added in its own statement. So, yeah, there's, a little bit more, there's more news on uh, Gears of War movie. I mean, I like Doctor Strange, and I like the first Dune movie, so, hey. Yeah, same. I see this as as not as good news. I see this as an absolute win. Exactly. So, and I and I don't even like know much about Gears of War because I was I didn't have a 360 during that era. You know, like I I never I've never owned a 360. Actually, I played I played a lot of it because I had like family and friends who did, but I was never like I never got into that franchise because that was just one of the ones I was like, I had a PS3, you know, so. So we'll see. Good luck to them. You know, obviously you want video game adaptations to succeed. Um, so, you know, hopefully they do well. Uh, we got a trailer here for uh, Renfield, which I believe, Josh, you said you saw this already at John Wick, right? Yeah, I, think, I believe this is the one they showed at John Wick. I'll tell you if it is. Because trust All me, right. there's some shit in here that's like, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> okay, so I haven't seen this, so we'll check it out here. It's the final trailer for Renfield. Let's watch it in three, two, one, go. Mr. Renfield, welcome. I am Dracula. You will make a very good assistant. No! He's evil. We will protect you. You have the world. Yes, I have seen this trailer. Okay. The Catholic 
Church. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> This fly as hell. You're never really going to be free until you face him. I will no longer tolerate abuse. <laughs> I deserve happiness. Please explain something to you, okay? You deserve only suffering. I will unleash an army of death. Everyone you care about will suffer because you betrayed me. We have to stop him before sunset. Alright. They cut out okay. some of the gorier parts. This strip movie is gonna be more gory than what they showed in this trailer. Okay. Uh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well yeah, I, that seems like like I, I didn't like hate the the humor which you know like Aquafina's kind of hit or miss sometimes. Like, I don't, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes. But, like, the Catholic church thing and then some of the other stuff, like, with the, this this game flies hell. Like, that's, that, that kind of <laughs> shit I thought was pretty funny. So, hey. Mm -hmm. this, if it's more like that, then that'll, that'll, that'll be fun. Uh, then we have another trailer here. It's a red, this is a red band one for Joyride. Let's check I this saw out. The, I, I saw this in theaters. This movie looks stupid, but it made me laugh, so I put it right. in there. Well, let's let's check it out. I don't even know what this is, so let's let's see it. Three, let's two, one, go. Uh, you, you guys must be new to town, right? New to town, but not new to the country. We just moved from California. Oh, we just wondered uh, if, if you wouldn't mind if your your daughter played with our daughter. Audrey, say hi. You wanna play slide? Mm-hmm. Slides off limits to Ching Chongs. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> best friend. Look at me. Look at Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> 
nutty i was not expecting that when we first started i was like okay cool the the beginning of it and then it just get, it went up bro i was like wow that looks fun though i, I uh yeah. it looks, it, looks it looks dumb but it looks that kind of dumb hilarious that we'll watch right yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man I had to put yeah, it in here. Sure. I was like, we gotta get this recorded on stream somewhere. Nah, yeah, I, I, I didn't even know what this movie up was, so I had no idea what the hell we were about to witness. Oh, uh, that's funny. Oh man. All, all right. right. <laughs> What's next? In other news, uh, we got some ever-changing Star Wars movie news. You know, we talked about uh, you know Damon Lindelof leaving. Now. Stephen Knight stepping in to write a new movie following Lindelof's departure. Uh, so Pe Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight stepping in uh, to work on a script for the project uh, from Charmin Obaid Chinoy uh, after uh, Lindelof's leaving that project he first started beginning work on it in f july of 2022 holding a two-week session uh with writers um and then yeah they just kind of i guess disagreed on on or didn't like his, his script or his version of it so now they're kind of going in another direction by getting uh stephen knight to come in and kind of work on something else they uh they say that this movie is supposed to take place after the rise of Skywalker, so it's 
post sequel trilogy, which we haven't had anything in that timeline yet. Mm. Um, so I'm very curious to see what happens with that. We, we if they do end up uh, doing something there. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it just seems like they don't know what the hell they're doing with the movies right now because they bring in somebody, then they're out. They bring in somebody. I, I what what this seems like to me is like I think. Now, obviously, I don't know what they're feeling exactly. However, what this seems like is the TV shows are doing good. We're just going to keep pumping out TV shows because they're doing well. People like them. They're, they're good. But for the movies, the last movies we got were what? The sequel trilogy, right? Especially mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker. People didn't really like that one. People didn't really like The Last Jedi. Uh, Solo kind of underperformed in the, in the, in the theaters. Um, so I think they're kind of like bringing in people to come up with scripts and then, you know, they're like, hopefully we can do something good here, but so far nothing good has happened. And I feel like they're taking their sweet time with the movies cause they don't want to pump out stuff that, you know, doesn't hit like, you know, the last few movies have. So I see this as both a good thing and a bad thing because I would like to see more movies, but at the same time, quality over quantity, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but it's like, man, how many names have we heard now that they're like, they're doing this movie. Now they're not. They're coming in to bring this new movie. No, nope, never mind. They're not. So it's like, I, I kind of, I don't even know if I want to hear about stuff anymore unless it's like actually happening. Cause like, mm-hmm. keep it all internalized, man. Like, there's also a rumor that they're supposed to be announcing movies at Celebration in a couple weeks. Yeah. Which we'll see if that happens. But yeah, it's just kind of a, a thing right now where it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a tough position to be in for sure. Cause again, you want them to be good. So that's going to take some time. But it's been what, four, four years since the last movie? And I don't know, man. I, I would like to see another Star Wars movie in the theaters, but like, who knows when that's going to be at this rate, you know? So yeah, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of interesting. I hope they can uh, make something happen though. That's that's good, cause yeah, I mean, I'm fine with, I suppose, continuing to watch the TV shows if, if they're good. Yeah, I want I want to watch anything as long as it's good. If they're gonna make shit, then whatever. Yeah, I'd I'd rather them take their time with it, but. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, what are your thoughts on all this stuff? And maybe potentially um, getting some news at Celebration. I'm I'm the same mindset as you. It's like I I don't necessarily want to hear it unless it's happening because it's kind of like I'm looking forward to a thing because I kind of like this person and then all oh, that person's yeah. left. I'm disappointed. Yeah, which, which a good example yeah. of that is Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. Yeah, I was super interested in that. And then now it's not happening. Yeah. As for celebration, I think that's going to be interesting to uh, see. You know what gets announced there. Um, about what 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 is going to come out of there? What, or are they going to have trailers for things? Um, uh, what announcements are they going to have? Are they going to have this is a hundred percent happening? And nobody's leaving type announcements, or you know that type stuff. So it's going to be interesting, man. Like to to see what comes out of celebration. Very curious. 
But I, I'm mostly the same mindset as you. It's like, I, I want to watch the good things. I don't want to see bad things. And I want everything at Star Wars to be good. So, because I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. All right. In other news, we have Kumail Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt joining the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel film. Uh, they've joined the cast along with comedian James Ackister and Emily Allen Lind. The live-action sequel to Sony Pictures' hit film Ghostbusters Afterlife. Gil Keenan is directing. And the previous film's cast, including Paul Rudd, Kerry Coon, will return as the setting shifts to the original film's New York City and Firehouse. Jason Reitman, who directed the 2021 movie, will move into the writer-producer role alongside uh, Keenan and Jason Blumenfeld. Uh, not much is known about the sequel, but sources say the plan is to return to New York City, which, I mean, you kind of saw the end of the post credit scene of the, of the previous movie. Yeah, it's definitely set up. Yeah. Uh, and it's slated for, I don't know how this is the slated for a December 2023 release, but apparently it is, uh, which is wild considering we don't even have a title for this. There hasn't been any trailers or nothing. I you know it, it's definitely going to get pushed. It has to be. I, I, it would be a miracle if it didn't. I feel like I, I would be highly surprised if it still ended up coming out this December. But apparently that's what they have. They haven't shifted it yet. So we'll see. You know, um, moving on, uh, we have our first look at Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn in Joker Folly Adieu. Uh, she was photographed filming a crowd scene for the sequel. And uh, there she is in what I imagine is going to be one of her several outfits of the movie, much like uh, Joaquin Phoenix had several outfits in the first movie. So I just imagine they're going to have, have several. Um, I think it looks okay. I mean, part of me kind of feels like it just looks like, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is kind of fucked up to say, but also part of me feels like this is what like, you'll find like somebody wearing it like a con being like, Oh, this is my Harley Quinn inspired look, you know, which is mm -hmm. not a bad thing, but it's just kind of what it reminded me of, you know, like yeah. it looks okay. I, I don't really have anything super like, I don't think it looks incredible or anything, but it's just, it's fine. I, I, like I said, I don't imagine she'll be wearing that whole through the entire movie. She'll probably have multiple outfits and this is just probably one of her looks throughout the movie. So, I mean, it looks fine. I think. Um, not bad I think the eye makeup looks cool but uh yeah uh we have we have we have some Marvel news to, to close out our movie news for the day as well um so we have James Gunn talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and uh He says that well, he promises that not a second is wasted of the runtime. So 
the third movie is going to be cocking in at two and a half hours, which will be the longest of the trilogy. Uh, and he said, uh, they asked someone on Twitter asked him for the confirmation. He said, it's around that long, although it's not exact. It's not yet exact. And I promise not a second is wasted. There's no fat. It was necessary to experience the full arc for every major Guardians character, not only for this film, but for the trilogy. Or should I say trilogy plus? Um, and yeah, he, the, people kept asking him on Twitter about stuff, and he's just kind of... Because you know, we know James Gunn likes to reply on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He has a history of... Uh, uh, you know, Replying to stuff, and then somebody was uh, somebody said that oh, James Gunn seemingly confirms that there will be more Guardians of the Galaxy movies with the plus, and he's like, Trilogy Plus means holiday special, Infinity War, and Endgame. So he just wanted to make that clear in case anybody's like, well, you know, you know, how people are with the internet, like to come up with new stuff and headlines and all that, but yeah, so movie's gonna be around two hours and a half, and he says that every minute or every second is gonna be necessary for this for the story and the characters so interesting uh the other piece of marvel news that we have is that Liv tyler who was from the incredible hulk from all the way back in 2008 is returning to the mcu as betty ross for captain america new world order 15 years after starring in The Incredible Hulk, Liv Tyler is making her return, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, the daughter of General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, who was played by the late William Hurt, will now be portrayed by Harrison Ford in the new installment. And that movie had William Hurt and Ed Norton as uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, who was replaced by Mark Ruffalo for The Avengers in 2012. And we haven't seen Betty Ross at all in any other MCU properties. Um, So it'll be interesting to see her return because I believe at this point only uh, well actually that's not true because we have uh, Tim Roth who was the abomination in that return as well. And then apparently we're supposed to be getting Tim Blake Nelson return also. So that'll be fun. We're getting some incredible Hulk MCU-ness this many years later, which is kind of nuts. How like considering how much of the MCU has happened already and we're like just now getting stuff with some of these characters. Um or, or you know, the story, basically. Um but that's cool. I think it's cool that she's coming back. It's uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, it's a character that hasn't been around in 15 years. So I am very curious to see what they're gonna be doing because this is a this is a fourth Captain America movie, but with the cast and the characters returning, it almost seems like it's an Incredible Hulk too. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it, it seems that way. But it's Captain America four. But we'll see what happens, man. I don't know. I'm very I'm very curious because I like that Hulk movie, even though it's you know early MCU and it's not like you know uh people's favorites generally I th- I still there are things that I still enjoy from it mm-hmm. um but anyway that's pretty cool and then uh the last piece of news that we have here is that uh 
this probably should have been in the in the TV news, but I'll just mention it here really quickly. Is that Secret Invasion has a release date of June twenty first now. If you go over to the Disney Plus uh app or website, and if you look up uh Secret Invasion, it'll say coming to Disney Plus on June twenty first, twenty twenty three. So pretty cool. We now have a, a day to look forward to that. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it for our news of the day. Um, so yeah, we can uh, take a quick break and then come back and talk about our main topic, which is going to be this month's retro rewind for all the president's men. Yes, sir. All right, guys, like DT said, we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere, except you got to go potty. I'll put some music on, run some ads. See you in a minute. Back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're ready to hop into our second half of the discussion here. Not sure how long it'll go on for, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll talk until we're ready to wrap her up. We watched a movie. I'm going to go ahead and swap over to our main topic text here. We watched All the President's Men for their our retro uh re rewind yeah i forget which one it is uh because we swap uh but um it's the first time i've ever seen it first time is it first time you ever seen it dt yep um so yeah well 1976 movie has uh dustin know, hoffman about this movie really i'm surprised yeah, I've, heard, I've heard of yeah. it in previous circle circles of people um previously like, um, i didn't know what it was about either like i knew nothing about it, like who was in it or nothing was, well i'm definitely curious in, to me i'm definitely curious on your opinions then so it's a uh, so what it is it's it stars robert redford and dustin hoffman it is a film about watergate it is about the two uh young reporters and kind of rivals that kind of uh research investigate the whole watergate uh break in and what that eventually leads to which is the resignation of President Richard Nixon back in, uh, like, the movie came out just, like, a few years after all that even happened, apparently. Uh, it's based yeah. on a book that the uh, reporters wrote. Um, uh, Bob Woodward and uh, Carl uh, Bernstein, I believe. Um, yep. uh, or Bern Bernstein? I can't remember how they pronounce it in the movie because I'm bad. Um but uh yeah i i watched the movie dt watched the movie uh dt did you like the movie that's why we usually start days off i did you did like the movie i did, I did yes, yes, yes i also liked the movie um and it's so like how do i want to start this it's so crazy to me that it's like imagine you're just a reporter right and you're just investigating this thing and it just gets deeper and like almost more unbelievable as you go including r late night contacts with who they call deep throat in a fucking garage bro, somewhere let me tell you that is the worst nick code name i've ever heard bro how are you gonna call <laughs> another man deep throat come on well that's man. why they call it that's why they called him that they see, even says in the movie it's like i jokingly call him deep throat about the because of the banned pornographic film and it's like it's, oh, oh man, man. It's 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 nutty, but that's what they did. That's what they called him. Um, 
And his identity yeah. isn't revealed until like many, many, many years later on who Deep Throat actually was. Um, during the course of uh, the film. So I, I didn't take any notes. I wish I had, uh, but it, I kind of just kind of got sucked into watching a movie and forgot to write things down. Did you take any notes, DT, or did you just kind of watch it? I didn't either. I was just kind of watching it and, and, and seeing it. Because, again, like, I, I didn't, before we, like, you, like said this was going to be the movie we're going to be watching, I had no idea what this movie was about, who was in it. Uh, I knew nothing. I knew nothing going into it. So I just kind of, like... As I was going to watch the movie, I kind of read the synopsis a little bit and kind of then saw what it was going to be happening there. But, like, yeah, I, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know this was going to be about Nixon and Watergate and all that stuff that went down. And like you said, I do think it's crazy that this movie came out, like, only a couple of short years after that even happened in real life. Like, mm -hmm. that's what makes it even crazier, too, because they have, like, footage and stuff, too, like, in the movie, right? Of, like, you know, Nixon and, and you know. It was just, it was just crazy to watch, considering it was something that happened like not long after it actually happened for real. Yeah, let me see if I can find the trailer, guys, and we'll watch the trailer. How about we watch the trailer for this? Because sometimes that's fun to watch uh, yeah. some of these old trailers again. DT, I'll send it to you as well. Um, and we'll and we'll all watch it together before we go deeper into it. How about that? So here's the trailer, DT. Let's check, it out. check this out. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm kind of curious to All what right. the trailer shows you on. Yeah. So three, two, one, go. Nominated for eight Academy Awards. Look at that. I think it won like four or something like four, four best or picture, two. Best director. Best supporting actor. Best supporting actress. Best screenplay. Best film editing, best art direction, and best sound. Unit one to unit two. What? We're home. Base one to unit one. Base one to unit one. This is pretty much the opening of the movie right here. There's been a break in at Democratic headquarters, and they were bugging the place. We're murdered. Bernstein, you're both on the story now. Don't get up. Redford. I'm Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. <laughs> Redford. Markham, are you here in connection with the Watergate burglary? I'm not here. Hoffman. Hoffman. Hi, uh, this is Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post, and I was just wondering if you can remember... All the President's Men. The story of the two young reporters who cracked the Watergate conspiracy. White House. Howard Hunt, please. He might be Mr. Colson's office. Charles Did you know, uh, that scene of him on the phone reminded me of something. White House said he was doing some investigative work. What do you say? They stumbled into Leeds. <laughs> also, <laughs> that one reminded me of something else, too. No, no, surprise at all. They tripped over clues. We'd like to see all the material requested by the White House. All White House transactions are confidential. This whole thing is a cover-up. It's right on our nose. And piece by piece, they solve the greatest detective story in American history. There is no way the White House can control the investigation. I, I don't want to say anymore, okay? You've been threatened if you tell the truth. Is there a cover-up? 
Don't you understand what you're on to? Mitchell knew? Of course, Mitchell knew. Woodward? Bernstein! Get in here! At times, it looked as if it might cost them their jobs. You guys are about to write a story that says the former attorney general, the highest-ranking law enforcement officer in this country, is a crook. Their reputations. Why is the Post trying to do it? I don't know. Perhaps even their lives. So there's the trailer. What a funny trailer. <laughs> they remind you again that it was nominated. Well, nominated for eight Academy Awards. Awards. We got to make sure you guys know that. Yep. It started uh, off with it. It ends with it. There you go. What did it win? It won Best Supporting Actor. It won Best Screenplay. It won Best Art Direction. And it won Best Sound. So it did win four awards. I was right for the Academy Awards. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's kind of what the, the, ba the basic movie is like about, right? It's like, they're trying to figure out this whole Watergate thing. It starts off as, we just need somebody to cover this. And it just grows and grows and grows until it implicates the, the biggest, most powerful men in the United States at that time, which is fucking President Nixon, his second in commands, his... And those guys are ex-CIA and ex-FBI operatives, and they're just... Here's Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford going around being very public about, we need the records on this and that, and I'm just like, you motherfuckers are gonna get killed, dude! Like, like seriously, like... Knocking on doors, gonna talking to everybody and anybody they can. You know like, how paranoid you would be if this happened like if it was you if it was just, i just sat there and thought if, if this was me investigating this i would feel like i'm losing my goddamn mind like it is terrifying in so many ways when you think about it what were you gonna say dt i cut you off no i just the trailer reminded me of a few things like yeah go ahead when what's his name uh, uh robert redford you know carl is talking on the phone and he's talking to this one dude or not Carl, he's Bob, my bad. Uh, when he's when he's talking to somebody on the phone and he like says the wrong name mm -hmm. and then he kind of like corrects himself in, in, into it into saying the uh, the right one. I thought that was that was that was pretty funny. That just just that that like trailer scene reminded me of that when he was talking on the phone. And then also, yeah, that seems crazy because he's on the phone for like six minutes when that happens. <laughs> it's nutty. That, that's nuts. But when he's talking to the to the girl in the, in the dress and they're outside talking and she has to like talk louder because there's a plane going <laughs> overboard. I thought, yes. I was like, that is, the, I don't know, that just stuff like little moments like that that I thought were, were kind of funny. And, and Which is a movie that isn't even supposed to be that funny. You know, it's a very like serious kind of, kind of deal, but it's just little things like that that I thought were hilarious. Yeah. There are some moments of levity in it. The thing, the thing I kept thinking of is like I think of like my brain kept going to the Watchmen, where they have the comedian kill these two guys in the during that the the change history or not the change history but history's changed right because they have superheroes and Nixon yeah. has him kill like these dudes from the Watergate that never happens. Uh, so he's still pre that's why he's still president in the Watchmen movie. I've never read the comics. Um, uh. But that's what my brain kept going to. And I was just like, 
Man, you wouldn't even have to be secretive to whack these two dudes because they're just going around interviewing all these people. I don't blame yeah. these people for being as paranoid as they... The ones with all the informations are the ones that are terrified because they know what they're up against, right? And it's just like... Yeah. Of course you should assume your apartment's bugged. But they I guess they didn't in the 70s or, yeah, back in those days because it's like they don't know what we all know about, you know, our government and how it kind of spies on us even now and things like that. Um, and they were investigating something... That was incredibly important. Of course, their apartments would be bugged immediately. Like, they're being a thorn in the side of of the entire United States government at that time, under the thumb of a man that is vengeful and vindictive in President Nixon, who would probably not hesitate to have them killed if he could get away with it, if, if you ask me. Like... I just can't imagine being like either of like the journalists investigating the Watergate and then just seeing it grow and grow and grow into this just massive conspiracy until it goes even beyond Watergate. They talk about how this letter was forged and, and, and a previous candidate uh, found in this letter was given to them and it was found like they had written it and it was the anti-Canadian thing and it made this person drop out of a presidential race or, or things earlier i don't know a whole lot about the history in that time period to be honest with you um but that's just yeah. insane to me how deep it went the whole watergate thing yeah um there's a whole lot of that that i'm like that's there's a lot to it yeah mm -hmm. uh i was gonna ask you did you have between the two main protagonists dustin hoffman and robert redford did you have like not necessarily like your favorite actor, but like the way they portrayed the character. Like for me, I think I enjoyed Carl more, and I I don't know, maybe that maybe because of the way Dustin portrayed him or something. But I just like mm. I, I I I like I kind of like the character of, of of you know Dustin Hoffman was playing here in this. You movie. know what's funny is I'm the opposite. I like Redford's character and the way he ah, plays Bob a little bit more nice. than Hoffman. There you go. Um, uh, but that's I think that's because like I feel like. Me as a person, if it was me, I'd be kind of like more of the Bob in this situation. That's kind of how I thought of it. I would not act at all the way Hoffman act. I Honestly, I couldn't really be either one because they're just... They just call people up on the phone and talk to them. You know how much yeah. I fucking hate that? You know how much like, I hate talking to people on the phone? It's terrible. He's like, yeah, we're, like, we're going to run a story uh, about you on the paper. You got anything to say about this before, before you we got, You got any comments? <laughs> It's like, like they just damn, say it. Dude. I could not just say it like that, you know? Like, And I guess that's why I'm not a reporter either. Um, yeah. Like, balls on these guys to go out and do everything that they were doing, man. It was, it, yeah, it was crazy, dude. I think uh, there's a scene. Uh, it's pretty late in the movie. I think it's pretty close to the end. Uh, Redford's just walking. And he just suddenly turns around and takes a breath because he feels like he's being followed, right? And all I could think of is like, you know when you used to be a kid and you'd be sleeping in a dark room and you wake up just and you thought you saw something there? So you just jump with a start. You you like you just know in your brain that there is something standing there and it turns out it's just a curtain with the winds blowing. And it's like, it gave me that feeling, that kind of, I know there's something there. I absolutely know there's something there. And then he turns around and there's nobody there. It's like, man, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of terror right there that he's got in that moment. Because that's when their lives are in danger. So insane. Uh, 
So just a, a quick overview of those of you that don't even know what Watergate is. Watergate's a hotel, and it was the home of the Democratic National Delio that I can't think of the name of, completely, the complete title of. And what happened was Nixon had dudes go in there and plant bugs so he could listen in and spy, and that is highly illegal. Um, and the men that break in end up getting caught and arrested, and that's kind of what kicks off this whole deal. Um... Uh, and it eventually, like I said at the start of this part of the show, it eventually leads to Nixon being like the first president ever to resign from office. Um, uh, yeah, it, it turns into this entire conspiracy with slush fund money and payments and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, when you talk about it, it's insane, uh, especially for the time period where it happened in now. Nowadays, like, we pretty much understand. Our government's pretty corrupt a lot of the time. A lot of those people are not good people at all in any way, shape, or form. They have one face for you, the voter, and one face for themselves in private, right? So there's a lot of underhandedness that goes on. Back in these days, I'm not sure how much of that is realized. Even in the, even in the, in the movie, there's like, I'm a, I'm a, uh, like, I think it's the character that's like, I'm a Republican, and I think this is messed up. Like oh, today, yeah. today it wouldn't be like that. They'd be like, "I'm a Republican. I wish they hadn't got caught." You know, like you know what I mean. Like that's kind of how the, the, the the mindset has changed over the years. Um, it's uh, so strange. Do you think something like this? Could, I I I was as I was watching it, I was like, I guarantee you, like something. I don't feel like something like this could happen today. I feel like the government. After Watergate had happened, would have made changes in ways that they could get away with shit. They would find ways around it. Also, I feel like just the way like technology is nowadays too, mm -hmm. like from the seventies to now, is just like mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that you could do then that you can do now. I feel like so. Yeah, I just yeah. I mean, it'd be crazy to think about like if something like that happened nowadays. But I just I I just think that with the way things are now, it'd be pretty tough to. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have a, uh, Bob Woodward had a contact inside, you know, kind of like the White House that is for years that known only as Deep Throat uh, was his code name. He was, it was, he was, I don't think he was called that by Bob. He was called by like one of their bosses called like, he's got this secret contact. I call him deep throat, which is, there's a, look, we're not going to get into the whole pornographic film thing called deep throat, but there was a pornographic movie back in those days called deep throat, highly controversial at the time. So everybody kind of knew it. So he just calls this guy deep throat, which is, I know it's hilarious, uh, as a, as a code name, but yeah, it's, uh, who is played in the movie by uh, Hal Holbrook, which I think most of us know from, like, fucking Jaws. Um, right? Isn't he the mayor in Jaws that's like, um, guys, you can open the beach. I think that's him. Um, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen Jaws, man. Maybe I'm not thinking of Jaws. What am I thinking of I saw him in? I saw him in something. Oh, I saw him in fucking Clint Eastwood. I saw him in Magnum Force. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Not Jaws. Sorry. I got him confused with somebody else. That's my bad. Um, but you don't even really see his face in the movie this much because it's like, we got to keep this. It's meant to be this shadowy conspiracy 
person in the dark. You know how terrified I'd be afraid of getting shot while meeting my secret contact in an underground garage that's dark as fuck? Like, they hear car doors shut. There's things that sound like gunshots that happen down there, and they're just, like, looking around. Um, fuck all that. But who Deep Throw actually is is a person known as Mark Felt, and he was, like, number two at the FBI at the time. Something He's, like, the associate director or something, FBI associate director. He's, like, pretty powerful person to have as, like, an inside contact in Washington. And it's just crazy to me that they have, like, here's former CIA operatives. Here's former FBI men. Like... It's just insane. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing is like this movie does not have a lot of music. I didn't really notice it at the time. I didn't find. I didn't think about it until after. It's like the movie's over, and I'm looking at some of the trivia because that's often what I do is I go look at trivia, and they're like, the music. Yeah. The the music only pops up in like a couple of scenes in the film. They really wanted it to be like a more, like you're in the moment. You know, music's just kind of yeah. used to, to ratchet up tension. Um, uh, we get the catchphrase, follow the money, for the first time in, like, a fucking movie or anything like that. That's not in the book, apparently. They put it in the movie. Um, and honestly... It kind of makes me want to read the book that this movie's based on, because the movie only takes only is half the book. It's not even the entire book. It's just the oh, first really? half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it makes me want to like do some more research about all that stuff because there's a lot of that that I still don't really. And that's the thing. Really. Even in the movie, it gets confusing because they reference characters you never meet. They they don't even talk about the head of. Uh, the the Washington Post, which was a woman, that's why there's a scene. Uh, she she didn't want to be uh, mentioned in the movie, uh, but apparently after the movie came out, she was like, "I wish I had, uh, I hadn't." Uh, like she insisted on not being in it, uh, but uh, she kind of wished she had been in it instead. So she's not shown a lot, but there's a scene with her or lines with her mentioned in it. Um, it mentions just a lot of powerful people that you never really, like, meet. Um, so it can... At times, I had a hard time following it because it's a conspiracy movie, right? And unless it's, like, super explicit, which is, like, not how a lot of conspiracies in film... Uh, sorry, a lot of conspiracies in real life are. Uh, in film, they make it easier to follow, but this is, like, very, following very closely to the actual investigation that they had. Uh, as a consequence, I have a hard time following bits of it. Um, but it, it is just kind of crazy to me how, like, you just start with this one little thing, and it kicks off this entire investigation and conspiracy. That's just nuts to me. Yeah. Um, I do recommend, uh... Even if you're not like huge into politics or anything like that, go check out this movie. I think it's a good movie with a great cast. Um, yeah, I thought the I thought the cast did good. I think especially that like Dustin Hoffman and uh, Robert Redford both did a pretty good job of, of playing both their characters. Um, ben Bradley, Jason Robards plays him, and that's a pretty good, pretty good fucking 
casting there. I think of the the scene toward the end of the movie where they go to his house and knock on the door and it's like it's not safe to talk inside. And he's like, uh, I, "I wish I could find the fucking." I wish I could remember the scene exactly, but he's like, the, the only thing that matters is, you know, the First Amendment and all this other that, you know, that's the only important thing that we're going to burn down when we write up this article, because it's a fucking lie. It's highly illegal. And these guys are doing it, you know, like. It's 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 a great scene. I think this is a great movie. To, uh, if you want to write a conspiracy in like a tabletop, go check out all the presidents, man. It'll give you some good tips, I feel like, in here for like. A chain of linking things together and what necessarily the players would have to be, Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman would have to do to maybe uncover this conspiracy. Like, yeah. all it takes is one thing to kick off a big chain of events. I think it's a very good movie. I think it's real, well, very well written. written, Which it should be. They had something to draw on. Real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, but yeah, if I had criticisms of the movie, it'd be like, there's, there's cuts and then it's like, did you talk to this person on the phone or they're running? And it's like, I got this information from somebody and it's like, I wish I kind of could have seen that instead I'm getting the scene afterwards of you already having the information. Um, I think there's a scene where Robert Redford's driving and Dustin Hoffman's character is chasing him. He's like, I got this. You drive. We'll go to my place. Take a left. They're in the car. Um, uh, so yeah, I think it has a lot of uh, a lot. I think it's just a good movie. Um, how about UTT? Is there anything, any other scenes in this movie that kind of, kind of you want to talk about or mention or anything like that? Mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in particular that maybe stood out for me, like scene wise. Um. One of my favorite scenes, and maybe this will trigger for you since you like uh, Dustin Hoffman's portrayal, is when he's talking to the lady. He's like, he goes to her house and knocks on the door, and he just fucking walks in. He's like, is that a cigarette? And just walks in on the house <laughs> where his sister answers. And it's like, and that's the kind of person I guess you have to be to kind of get the information you want. It's fucking scary. Like, could you imagine just somebody randomly walking into your house? Like, uh, and then your sister, and, and then your sister's like, hey, you want some coffee? And you just sit down, and it eventually leads to him. To her, uh, she's like, they, they'll see you. Like, when they show up at her porch, they're like, they'll see you. She's terrified. Yeah. This woman is terrified. Of, like, uh, not, not if you let us in, they won't. She's yeah. Like, what about the car? Where did you park the car? Oh, we parked it around Wait. the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way they kind of... Um, uh, some of the trivia is they, they memorized each other's lines so they could kind of interrupt each other, and that kind of threw people off. But it's like... Oh, but that's okay. also a thing in... In the movie where it's like, we'll go in and I'll say you have this and then I'll actually try to clarify that. Like, they plan this shit out to go in and get confirmations of things. Um, and that is just crazy to me. How they how they how they would come confirm info. And it's like, we can't name the source, but we have the information. We can't name the source, but we have the information. If you can't name the source, you can't prove the information. So it's very easy for them to uh, to be like, to deny a thing, right? It's a non-denial denial, which was coined, I believe, in uh, kind of in this movie a little bit, which is like, 
a non-denial and denial is like uh, here's a bunch of information kind of about this thing but they never outright deny the thing that they're being accused of it's kind of like a weird double talk um, it says here here's what a non-denial denial is for those of you wondering because it is mentioned in the movie it says a non-denial denial is a statement that is at first hearing seems to be direct clear-cut and unambiguous denial of some allegation or accusation but after being parsed carefully turns out to not be a denial at all and thus it's not explicitly untruthful if the allegation is in fact correct like it's classic here's your government lying to you without lying to you but not actually telling the truth to you either bullshit um i don't know uh it's it's uh, i'd never heard the term rat fucking before and that's in this movie um uh, which is uh, American slang for political sabotage or dirty tricks. I'd never heard that fucking phrase before. I had to look it up. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, uh, but yeah, I'm glad I picked the movie. Is it my favorite movie? Nah, that's probably not my favorite. I find it kind of hard to follow at times uh, just because I am big dumb brain and don't process everything that's going on. Um, I think it is worth a watch at least once. Actually, I kind of want to watch it again at some point later down the line just to catch anything I might have missed, which I'm sure there is absolutely a lot I've missed in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's an uh, it's an it's won Academy Awards. It had good acting. It had good editing. It had good sound. Like when they're typing on the typewriters at the end, it just sounds like fucking gunshots are going off. It's so loud in your ears. Um, and I don't really watch a lot of movies that are just very... It's just how I am. I don't watch a lot of talky movies, and that's kind of what this movie is. It's a, talk, it's a talky movie. They were trying to get through this conspiracy about Watergate, so... Um, I yeah, think it a very... I thought it was interesting mm -hmm. enough, though, to not be like, oh, this is boring, you know? It's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. This, is, this is interesting. Like, I want to know more about what the hell, you know... It's definitely not boring. On. It's definitely not boring, especially when he first gets that... He gets that fucking note. I think he gets a, a letter in the mail, and it's like, if you want to meet, don't call me on the phone. Put a fucking flag in the flower plant outside, and we'll meet here. Or I'll, if I have something to tell you, I'll put a news uh, article in your in your newspaper that you get every morning. You know? It's like the whole conspiracy is what keeps you kind of drawn in. And I was sitting there watching it. I was like, I know how this all ends. Uh, but it's. I still want to watch the movie to see how we get there, right? I want to see the people, the characters, and all of that. Um, so for me, it is a. I think it's an important movie. I think it is a historically important movie. That um, that if you've never heard of Watergate and you watch this film, it will inspire you to probably want to go and look into that more. Um, I think you want to research into it. Yeah, and look into it and look at the players and look at the facts. I think there's a documentary I was reading about this that came out last year, I think. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong one. It was 2013. My bad. My bad. Um, it was a two-hour documentary called All the President's Men Revisited, which was uh, broadcast on Discovery. It says the documentary focused on the Watergate case and the subsequent film adaptation it simultaneously recounts how the Washington Post broke Watergate and how the scandal unfolded going behind and going behind the scenes of the film. 
It explores how the Watergate scandal would be covered in the present day and whether such a scandal could happen again and who Richard Nixon was as a man. Um, uh, w. Mark Felt, deputy director of the FBI during the early 1970s, revealed his identity as Deep Throat in 2005, and this is also covered in this documentary. So I may go hunt down this documentary, to be honest, and, and watch it. It'd be kind of cool that it's chopped in there with like a behind-the-scenes of this film as well as like a uh, a comprehensive breakdown of like Watergate and some of the movers and shakers involved in that. Um, overall, recommend the movie. Go check it out. Won awards, made money. Um, has really well-written dialogue, especially toward the end. Um, two, two thumbs up from uh, this side of the room. How about you, DT? You recommend this to other folks? Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's definitely, like I said, very interesting in in the regards of like what the the con the what it you know contains, like what what it was based off of and all that. Um, I think the acting in it is is good. Um, I think it does a good job at like keeping you engaged, even though it's like, again, one of those more like talkative kind of movies. There isn't like a whole lot of like you know it's it's more of a it's more of a um uh kind of like a thriller right like it's um it's also like a like a drama but there's mystery to it um yeah and and, and then like you said there it's based off of a book anyway so it's not like they're just kind of going off of uh whatever and and then i I know we i mentioned this already too but like i think what makes it even more interesting is the fact that it was like made and released like only a few short years after like it this whole actually stuff happened in real life so i feel like the closer you are to something like that in real life the more maybe you'll be able to like the more people you'll be able to kind of like um, like get involved that were like had to, that had to do with it maybe, because mm-hmm. um, you know sometimes, well you know sometimes if you wait years you know like you can get more out of it too because it's like oh you're so far removed that's like whatever right but you also run the risk of like you know maybe this person isn't alive anymore or you know whatever some some other stuff may have happened. You made me think of something the uh, the you- security guard. At the beginning of the movie is actually the security guard that worked at the Watergate and was the person that caught the break-in. Like, oh well, yeah. I mean, I forgot about that till just this moment. He was fired from his job, by the way. He was fired from his job at Watergate and did not work again for many, many, many years until like they put him in this movie and then he never worked again, like any job. The ever, ever. From what I, from what I understand, crazy. Mm-hmm. Imagine being the guy that finds us in real life and like, yo, you want to play yourself in this movie? That is, damn, that's which that's like you know. pretty nuts, dude. And here's the here's the thing, guys. Nixon resigned in 1974. This movie came out in 1976. Obviously, the investigation was going on before that because Nixon's reelected. You see it in the in the closing Ooh, scenes yeah. of the movie. He's given the speech at the end, and uh, yeah. 
and then he resigns that's, in 74. So that's that's, that's, that's nuts. nuts how quickly they made this film. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm I'm like very impressed for at the time how quickly they were able to make this all happen. Yeah, that's that's Oh yeah, here's what it says on the trivia page. It says Frank Willis, the security guard who discovered the Watergate break-in, was fired without explanation a few days later. He was out of work for three years until he played himself one day's work in this film. He never had a, oh, he never had a full time job again. He died in oh. two thousand at the age of fifty two. Yeah. So he probably worked small time jobs. That's what the trivia is. Um but that's still like I discovered this and then I just get fired for no fucking reason. Makes no sense. Hey, look, more conspiracy shit. You know, <laughs> like. No. Um, some more, a little bit more trivia says Hal Holbrook was the first and only choice to play the shadowy informant Deep Throat. During pre-production of the casting process, Bob Woodward, while looking at various actors, headshots and resume, but not revealing Deep Throat's identity, being the former deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt, insisted to the director that Holbrook was the best choice to play Deep Throat. Deep Throat. Holbrook, in fact, bears a very strong resemblance to Mark Felt. Uh, so yeah, the, the guy that plays Deep Throat actually looks a lot like the dude that actually was Deep Throat. Also, we're saying Deep Throat a lot on this podcast. You just have to deal with it because that's the code that's, name. That's just <laughs> the way it is, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, well, all right. I think crazy. that might be it. If I don't have anything more to say on it, I have high praises for this movie. I'm glad yeah, I watched it, never seen it. it out. I'd be curious to hear people's thoughts on it if they watch it, especially like if you maybe. Well, I mean, the, regardless of whether you know more about what ha what actually you know went down or, or not, like you know, it's just interesting to hear somebody's thoughts on, on on what goes on or what went down in this. You know, it's true. Because uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a pretty solid movie. In like you, I, like you, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite movie we've seen, but it's it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so definitely recommend checking it out. And I think that's going to do it for today's show. Um, if we don't have anything more DT, I definitely don't. I will do it. So do it. I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to DT so we can say his goodbyes and we will wrap this up. You're up, buddy. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, you for watching, hanging out, uh, listening this 153rd episode of the clockwork cantina uh we'll be back next week we'll be talking about uh star wars the bad batch season two because it ends this upcoming week day two episode um you know part two part finale um yeah we're gonna be having a lot of star wars coming up because we got that we got mando we got celebration here and all in the next month uh, so I'm very excited to talk about all that stuff coming up for me. Uh, I am going to be doing some more, um, sons of the forest tomorrow with some friends. And then also I'm going to be starting a new game this week, Lego Marvel's Avengers. 
that'll be fun um so that's what i got coming up excited to do some more blasters and bandits um and yeah that'll do it for me stay tuned and follow me on all the things you see on the sidebar there and i will catch you guys next time bye bye so hello everybody i want to thank everybody for watching this episode of the clockwork cantina episode 153 uh, which is still nuts to me when we're like, we've, we've done this much of this show. Um, coming up for me, I have no plans. I, I kind of want to stream something. I don't know. Maybe we'll do some WWE 2K uh, GM mode or something on stream. I have not. Um, I think I said that last week and it ended up not happening just because I was getting ready for Blasters and Bandits. Speaking of Blasters and Bandits, I don't have it on the sidebar here, but make sure to go follow twitch.tv slash heroes and fables um that is the new um tabletop rpg channel that i am running uh it will be nothing but tabletop content of some descript probably mostly rpgs but if we want to play board games on there i'm not opposed to doing that um i know we have a lot of friends that just we have one friend that was on the show here that loves clue so maybe we'll play clue on there if said friend is cool with that um, at some point in the future, I'd totally be down to do like some board game nights or something. They're always fun to do on like tabletop simulator or, wh or whatever. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of gonna do it, guys. Uh, go follow those things. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, Josh Nona Two, on there. Uh, TikTok, the dice shop's gonna be rolling soon. Warm weather is here at long last. I'll be doing work down there in the dice shop, Nine Hundred Two Dice Creations. Check that out on Etsy. And that's going to do it. We'll see you all next time. Take it easy. And, you know, hug your loved ones. Hug, hug yourselves and take care of yourselves. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.